Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a half-blind Cyclops, Jay. Jordan, as always, is my co-host, a man who is no one, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Pretty good, Jack. That's good to hear. Jack. Zach. Jack, can we talk about Euphoria? Let's talk about Euphoria, Jack. I've been dying to talk about Euphoria. Thank you, Jack. I've been dying to talk about Euphoria with you all week. <laughs> oh, perfect. Season two premiere of Euphoria. Last week, we went over the whole season one. Made you watch the whole thing in, in about a week. In a, in a week's time. Here it is. Here's what we were building towards. This is what it was all about. This is, uh, we're back. We did it, baby. We never left, so. Pretty exciting stuff. I'm excited. I'm having a good time. I think it's going to be I good. I am, too. I, have... I mean, starts out with a bang. It really does. This was an absolute banger of a first episode. Oh, yeah. I think, like you said, we, during the week off, probably we were talking about this. We kind of, all the things we were like, I hope this happens, kind of all happens in the first episode. Yeah, surprising number of things we directly mentioned just, just came into fruition right away, so. Oh, yeah. That's good. Did we mention Fesco's backstory? Is that one of the things we talked about last week? I can't remember. I don't like explicitly. I don't yeah. remember. Well, that's the first thing. They just I guess spoilers. We got the Fezco lore. We got Fezco deep Fezco lore. Deep Fezco lore. Where he kind of went to school for a little bit and was really good at math because his grandma was a drug dealer mm-hmm. and like a gangster. It's pretty cool. Probably probably only at like weight measurements. <laughs> yeah, they're like, frankly. can you do trigonometry? And I was like, I well, no. How many pounds is a is a forty degree <laughs> angle? I can I can do that for you. <laughs> Tell you how many grams are in an ounce in a kilo or whatever the fuck, but I don't. Mm-mm. You want me to do like algebra? I <laughs> that's well that that's not revolved in drug dealing. What do you mean? How do I? What do you mean? I gotta prove a triangle? What do you? Mm, mm. Geometry? I can tell you how many how many bullets fit in a clock fit in this glizzy. <laughs> is that, I'm like I guess yeah, but this is a uh, this is like eighth grade can math. Tell you, tell you how many rounds that blicky holds? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <all> r- <laughs> I know how many bulls can be fired through an automatic weapon before it jams. If, is that mm. something you'd want to know? Mm. Uh, no? Oh. You don't know what a man looks like when he's had a crowbar in his head for a while? <laughs> oh, that's not relevant here? Okay. How long it takes you to kill him with a crowbar? Not long is the answer. <laughs> but yeah, Fesco's grandma was kind of a, was kind of a G. As Bruce says, a motherfucking G. You can't take that from her, can you? No. Till that day she overdosed or whatever. I don't think she overdosed. I think she's got a disease. Oh, you thought so? Yeah, I think she just was the gold. Oh, I assumed it was a drug thing. Oh, we ever saw we only saw her smoking. She never you know, I mean you never get high on your own supply. That's that's Biggie's <laughs> rule. If we remember the immortal words of Biggie Smalls and his it's rules. True. That's a good point. So I mean I mean and she wasn't a fool. Only a fool gets high on his exactly. own supply. Exactly. So maybe you're right. But yeah, it was interesting. She's an interesting character. She's kinda wild. I wonder if she, I just saw this right now, because Fesco's eyes can be more in the season. Because he talks to Alexi a lot, and they seem to have some kind of friendship. Hopefully, not actual yeah, romantic relationship. But maybe they'll call back to her a couple more times. I mean, she's still there. I'm well, yes, but they're not going to do a lot of talking to her. I meant like no, in the past. Wouldn't think so. No. Oh, like that same actress yeah. have some flashback. That'd be nice. That'd yeah, be it's just to, like flesh out parts of his character and stuff. Yeah. So the ashtray, ashtray is kind of it's kind of depressing, eh? Yeah. I mean, he killed Mouse just straight up. Well, that was wild. He yeah. brained him. But I just meant like where he came from. The fact that he's not related to him at all. It was just some, some addict left him behind his collateral and never came for him for whatever reason. Very sad. That's pretty rough. Yeah, but I mean, at least his, like, when he was there, his grandma didn't, wasn't like, you take care of him, Fesco. She yeah, still, they were, they seemed to be nice to him and all, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it still should Is that really a good life? <laughs> no, because he didn't go to school ever. You get to, yeah, you just to get to be a drug dealer. That's neat, I guess, but it's not actually what you want, is it? Yeah, you could just go to school and be He's a clearly kid. not well. He's clearly not well adjusted. Mm-mm. Then again, who is on the show, right? Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't really have a show of these were just a couple of well-adjusted teens, a couple yeah. of Ethans and Lexies running around, exactly. just having regular days. Because that was one of the things that was—that's one of the things I was referring to last week. So last week when we were talking, we said, "Oh, I bet 
I bet he doesn't really let a show, but I bet Ashtray is a little more scared or nervous in those situations that he lets on because he is a child. Or just maybe not, because <laughs> he just brains those dudes. <laughs> he brains the one and then breaks the other one's he nose. He just one taps mouse and then, yeah, bash that guy's nose in with a hammer. He was he was ride or die, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's all about that, I guess. He was all about it, Good I on suppose. Him. So, yeah, that, that's kind of good, though, because I, I, mouse made me very uncomfortable. Didn't care much for He mouse. was quite scary, you could yeah. say. <laughs> so I'm glad he's out of the picture. So then, uh, so I guess when we lead into the that drug dealer situation, which was pretty intense, that's that's kind of the theme of this episode, eh? Oh, it's yeah. just intense start to finish. It's just chaos. Oh, yeah. It's pretty wild. A lot of so, substance abuse. Oh, yeah. And, uh... I don't, I don't like that teacher lady who's a drug dealer now. I don't care for her. No, and she's gonna show up later based on. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's gonna. I mean, she'll probably be like a, a Rue. She talks to Rue a lot. At least. So it seems like I don't care for that. Can't imagine she has any good advice. Frankly, what advice is she, she yeah. gonna give? You I mean, didn't like her whole attitude. I didn't like that she was like, "Oh, sorry guys, I'm just, it's just me. I'm just kind of nice." Hee-hee. No, you're not. You have all these. You made that guy do guns. that. Yeah, they have so many guns and shit. They all listen. Who are to you, you kidding? You can't just be like, "Well, I didn't have to do it directly." I don't like that. I don't care. Say it with your chest is what I'm saying, Jack. <laughs> if you're going to be a drug dealer, don't be this whole like, ha sorry, my guys just have to make you strip naked in my kitchen just to be safe, you know? Ha-ha, it's not really what I'm like, I promise. <laughs> Say it with your chest. I don't care for her. I don't care for her hooligan, her, her, her main dude. I don't like how they slam those people's heads it's just right into the wall. Yeah, those are dents now. Yeah. They, left, they just left big old dents in their drywall. Yeah. Lunacy. You got to pay for that. You got to have somebody come yeah. in and fix all that. What on earth? You can't fix your drywall yourself? Unlikely. You, no, yeah. What do you mean? Come on, a big. You need a patch if nothing else for it for a hole that big. You gotta, yeah, yeah go and scoop it out. Get a patch. Get a get a patchwork. You gotta gotta get paint. You gotta. You better hope you got the paint in the in the basement still. Otherwise, you gotta go. You gotta match, go out and match it. That's impossible. Oh and then if you're God. like even a specter out because the lighting differences. I mean, it'll, it's just, you'll tell. It's just a hassle. Um. So anyway, out of our uh, <laughs> home improvement corner. <laughs> yeah, it was very intense. Then they go to that party. It's like kind of. I mean, it's all in one day. This episode just takes place. Yeah, that's all another in one thing. Day. It's usually. I don't think most episodes do. Most I don't of think any of them has place over at least a couple days. Because this is it, obviously this is within the same year as Euphoria season one ended. School year that is, and it's New Year's Eve. So kind of like a New Year, New Season kind of vibe. Oh yeah, I think. And, uh, yeah, everybody's kind of everybody's at this huge house party. Just massive. See, we said last week that we thought it's a pretty realistic depiction of high school life. And because Euphoria's back, I think, there's a lot of memes going around about Euphoria right now, and a lot of them are in the vein of Euphoria is not a realistic depiction, like, aha, their, their school is too crazy. I think most of those are unwarranted, frankly, because a lot of them make, seem to make jokes about how, like, and I, and I understand they're just memes, so I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't look too far into them, but a lot of them are making jokes, like, I've never seen a teacher, there's no, they don't learn anything. It's like, well, no, most of the, most of the show doesn't happen in school, like, most of the time, they're, they don't show school in any like factor at all like it's just not a thing but when they show school like them actually being at school they're doing school work it seems going yeah. to class and things like I mean, the it's only it's not the, silly the two times that a teacher like who's not the principal is like shows up and has lines is when maddie falls asleep in class and she walks over to mm-hmm. her and is like what's going on and when rue is in that drama class and she's just like let's everybody share so they're yeah. like going to class and doing things I mean, they show them at lunch we know that Jules and Kat met in summer school. Like, there's there's stuff throughout there. I mean, who are we kidding? I guess the thing is, like, it, it just doesn't... Not a big part of the show is their actual school day. Yeah. Which is, like, fair. Because, yeah, why would you show the school day? Yeah, because Rue's not, Rue's not doing drugs in school. Right. She's doing drugs out of exactly. school. Exactly. They make jokes about, oh, there's just drug dealing. We never see that. I don't know. There's nothing to actually suggest that there's rampant drug use in the school. Like, that's just... That really just isn't shown. But whatever. And the, oh, then the other jokes are, like, that <laughs> none of the girls follow dress code. There's probably something to that. But then the thing is, 
there's just schools out there that don't have dress codes. Or very lean, lenient dress codes. Like, yeah, I, I would assume most Americans are used to those kind of stuff not being permitted. But that's just the case some places. They just don't have dress codes and you can wear whatever you want to school. So, but yeah. The question from that, what I was getting, <laughs> what I was building towards with that, I will say what something I, I can never suspend my disbelief for. House parties, the way they're presented in movies and stuff, I feel like just don't exist. Maybe I'm out of myself as a big, big antisocial nerd who doesn't go to parties. But here's the thing. The, the show kind of <laughs> does that for us, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, bit. probably. You know what you're dealing with here. But yeah. the house parties I have been to, they're just not that crazy. Like, I don't know. Not like, like, it makes you have like parties like Project X and that huge yeah. house where they're jumping off roofs. And- well, that's the other thing I, I, I said to you is like, the other thing is just the, the houses in the show are crazy big and like very big, nice houses for one thing with like, yeah, six, <laughs> six beds, five and a half baths each. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many bathrooms and bedrooms to do drugs and fucking. So <laughs> that in of itself is not accurate to, you can to get my the roof, experience. There's a fire pit. Yeah. Right. Pool. <laughs> yeah. For real. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just too many people, frankly. I don't know these these kind of like absolute ragers where you just invite a million people and it's just I just don't think those are super super common. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it happens in California, frankly. It's another thing. But it's just maybe it's our experience, right? Yeah. Like maybe in in areas where people are more wealthy, and it is in California, and you're in like that uh, outskirts of LA or whatever the hell. And everyone is just rich and has massive, like, fucking mansion-esque homes. Oh, yeah. You do just have ragers like that. And it is, like, and, and it's New Year's, so it's a big time of year, and it's That's not true. cold. That's we true. live in a cold place. Yeah, you wouldn't we have a rager like that here. Rager at New Year's. You can't be sitting on the roof at New Year's. You'd you can't, freeze. You can't open the door. What That's you, insane. Close the door. It's freezing. It freezes all out. You can't be wearing clothes like that to a New Year's party around here. You need your parka, <laughs> at least. <laughs> but, yeah. So, we get, I guess, well, before they get, or no, I guess the part, whatever. There's the Maddie, or no. I meant to say the Cassie. There's a Cassie-Nate subplot begins. So We talked about yeah. last week how there, there were leaks uh, that she was going to start to spiral. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, what could that possibly be? And then the first episode, she just gets with Nate. And it's like, oh, you, they're starting yeah. out really strong here. We talked about this. That's, like, bad for a couple reasons. First and foremost, just the fact that it's obviously her best friend's ex or whatever. Which is never cool. Which is never cool, I think, personally. It's beyond that, she knows that he's a fucked up dude. Like a who, psycho. Yeah, like a psycho who, like, hit her friend and everything and all that. So, not a, not a great decision on her part. But she was also already intoxicated, so not very fair of him, frankly. Nate, I'm just going to say it. Not a swell guy. Not a swell guy. You know, I, I was on the fence about him, but this, I'm sadly, not a guy I'd hang around shouldn't with. Shouldn't have taken advantage of her like that. Frankly. I wouldn't have a beer with him. Mm-mm. Never in my Mm-mm. life. Especially not while he's going 100 in his truck. And over 100 in his truck. <laughs> Up a hill. Lunacy. <laughs> Madness. See, that's just the show. Like I said, this episode was just nonstop because you go from like pretty much that. That's only a couple minutes after the drug dealer scene, and I was like, "Are they gonna get in a car crash here?" Like, I found that suspenseful. And there's obviously the whole like, is is Maddie gonna find out about them? I will say, and I told this to to you after we watched it. That to me was maybe like lowest stakes. I don't know. It just felt weird in the context of the other things this episode, which was like <laughs> going a hundred plus on a on a in your car that could result in literal death, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the drug dealer scene, I was like, God knows what's going to go off here. There's lots of guns being waved around. Yeah. Rue having maybe yeah, a heart attack. Later on, Rue almost dying again. Uh, in the context of all that, like, your friend walking in on you with their ex-boyfriend, he's obviously bad interpersonally, but it just didn't have the same kind of punch. And they dragged it out, like, almost the whole episode. Yeah, she's just hiding in the bathroom. It was like scared. 40 minutes or something. She was in there, and they just kept cutting back to it, which is, I don't know. Wasn't super engaging after a certain point. I was like, all right, I get it. Um, yeah. Also, so then, yeah. Let's, let's 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 be honest on this. 
She didn't have to lay down. The shower curtain wasn't clear. <laughs> she could have just sat up and like just sat like, a good in a huddle or like against the wall. She's not like she's like a grown woman, but she's not she's like Nate. Like Nate's like six five or some That's bullshit. Yeah. He would be like all kinda all over the place. <laughs> but she could kinda like cross her legs maybe and like kinda squeeze herself in. But she's like laying on the floor like <laughs> all splayed out. Like Spider Man on a roof, like hiding <laughs> from the green goblin. Like, what are you doing, Cassie? You're really I mean, she is drunk, so I, she's like yeah. kind of stressed. So she's that's really not but handling like, it well. You could just sit up and be more comfortable, and yeah. not have a pee cl- a pee napkin, or <laughs> a paper towel, waist cl- yeah. washcloth thrown on you. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, let's do the Rue Elliot thing. So she she meets that new character we talked about last week. Elliot, who's got an Apple logo tattooed on his face. That's a real tattoo that man has. So that's Dominic Fike, who is a music person of some kind. I didn't realize this until after this episode came out, and then. I just saw him in the credits, or I saw him on online somewhere or something. I was like, "Wait a minute, I've uh, I have a couple of that guy's songs on my phone, so good for him." Good for he him. gets my seal of approval, I suppose. Tattoo's kind of dumb. He's just on here, yeah, I don't know what he's about. Yeah. Oh, that tattoo! I thought you said that dude's kind of dumb. No, that tattoo is kind of that dumb. tattoo is terrible. Why on earth would you get an Apple logo tattoo? It's so small. Too. They mu- that, you gotta hope they paid him for that or something. What what on earth? Yeah. Or actually, you know what it is? I bet if you asked him about it, I bet it's like him trying to be smart about it. I bet he's not like, no, it's not because I love Apple. It's like a statement. Statement about greed in America. Greed. Are we going to America? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, shut up, bro. You got really drunk and you got to do you. I don't like Apple. I'm, I'm critiquing Apple. Now, hold on. My iPhone it? is ringing. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> hey, yo, let me check my Apple Watch real quick. Oh, my heart's my heart's beating way too fast. But that guy is is going to obviously be a new kind of main main fella in the mix here. And uh, he just gives Rue drugs, which is not ideal for us. No, because we know that she's an addict. He doesn't know that. So, you know, we can't leave him too much. I guess you can't, because prior to the, that little meeting there, she literally does heroin. She just shoots up that heroin, which, like, that's a bridge even for her, huh? Like, she's really falling off the deep end. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I can't imagine this guy's going to be a good influence on her going forward. No, not at so all. So, that's rough. And then she, like, almost dies. She's like, yeah. It's like, I'm going to her to give any... I have Adderall to restart my heart. Because I guess Adderall is a... Stimulant. stimulant. So, it would counteract the whatever he had. The heroin the and heroin. the other thing. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. This isn't a video game. You can't just take your rat away. <laughs> uh, yeah. But whatever. The, sta- cool. the status effects don't just disappear. That's right. So I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know about them. We'll see. I suppose. But I don't like that. I wish these characters just had easier lives. <laughs> frankly, it's a little bit of easier time with this. Could we have a little less drama, please? <laughs> please. Would that be too much to ask? Uh, there's not enough funnies for me, please. Oh, my goodness. Increase the funnies. So that's going to be a sticking point as well. So then we get... What else is going on this episode? I got a little bit... Let me read my We got Kat. So we got Kat and Ethan. They're just chilling. They're just chilling. That's just a... Just, uh, Nothing to speak on, really. No. They're going strong, it seems like. They said they love each other. That's cute. That's cute. Hopefully, I mean, it's episode one, so hopefully it doesn't just like devolve into absolute anarchy. Yeah. Yeah, we saw in the in the upcoming week's preview there. They're just having a meal at a diner. That's cute. But that's he's nice. just like crying into a locker. Hopefully that's yeah. not Ethan related. Oh no, gosh. Hopefully it's not Ethan related. Fuck. Fuck. What if they break up next episode? Oh, no. <laughs> That'd be horrible. I think just Jules would be next, right? Yeah, I guess just so yeah, Cat either just normal. Maddie's just clearly doing the whole thing. I don't know. She's I guess I mean it seems like mostly she's just trying to make Nate jealous. Which is very weird. So let's talk about that actually. Because I said it to you. He has that moment where he's like, Yeah, bro, I messed up, but I'm trying to get her back. Is that how we're meant to take it? I don't, I'm not, I mean, such as their best friend is, well, yeah, that beyond anything, of course, but beyond that, I didn't realize that's the state they left their relationship in. That seems weird to me because how's it going? Like in the events of the show, right? They have the whole legal, Nate's going to go to prison thing. Then he gets out of it and they show up to that party together, right? And then the next time we see them, it's just like, oh, they're not together anymore. 
and they're fighting at the dance again. No, and well, and then it cuts back during mm-hmm. the dance. It cuts back to when they broke up again mm-hmm. because they're trying to have sex and he can't get hard. And yeah, she yeah. finds that disc and leaves. And yeah. she, I think she watches it, yeah. which also might come up later. So like, yeah, I, I guess I guess I uh, took it a little more permanent, especially because when they meet at the dance there in the finale. They have that moment where they seem to really be like, you know what, we really aren't good for each other, we should probably just not. And I thought that was a little more permanent, but I guess the way they're presenting it now is just as, as more of one of the one of the many times they've broken up so far. Yeah, I might just keep going. So I guess it goes more in line with that comment that Kat made there. I was thinking <laughs> the it's finale. Like, yeah. Really they just were acting on it, just like having that workout, just being like, Yeah, they're yeah. just gonna keep going back to each other. They can't So I guess they're I guess they are, maybe this season, so Yeah. But again, yeah, he really isn't actually doing that, is he? If he was trying to do everything he could to get her back, probably wouldn't have sex with her best friend. Probably just talk to her. And then, on a similar vein, I didn't realize it's kind of the way that they talk about the McKay-Cassie relationship also kind of surprised me. Because I didn't think that way either. When he's like, yo, why'd we break up? <laughs> I wonder if you like, McKay. McKay, come McKay, on, McKay, my guy. <laughs> seemed pretty straightforward to me, for the most part. Yeah, you weren't very good. It wasn't a very good time for anyone involved. But now Cassie's got a weird thing going on. I don't know. We'll obviously see how it plays out a little more. But her whole like, well, I don't think I'm a good person. What is that? Where's that coming from? What did she do in the last season that made her think that way? Yeah, she didn't do anything bad. I mean, I guess that's not, obviously those feelings aren't necessarily like logical, but still I'm I'm curious her headspace. So I guess we'll get more of that because it does seem like from that preview as well and the leaks are that she really is (laughs) going to be going through it this season. Yeah, very much so. It's interesting to see but yeah, so I guess she's not actually really mad at McKay herself. Like she doesn't have anything against him, right? Right. Yeah. Specifically, I suppose. But they also just broke up, and he did, she didn't tell him why. I don't. It seemed weird. I don't, I, know. I don't know. But also, like we said, this is really like how can you kind of can figure that out though? Just be like, well, yeah, you, yeah. He wasn't a great boyfriend to her. No, not really frankly. at all. But they're both kind of got some flaws, I would say. And again, like I'm not not to I don't want to be a dick about or anything, but. Cassie really does got some issues going on, clearly, with her, like, again, her own self. And they talk about, I mean, they do address this. It's Obviously, she's not going to, like, fix it all overnight. But, yeah, her own, like, self-worth and, like, the way she deals with relationships is clearly not healthy. Yeah, not the the fact that she goes from being like, I'm going to be single and everything. And then, like, I the mean, first thing we see her do in this new season is try to fuck Nate. That's yeah. not, that's not, um, that's not a cool thing to do, frankly. Yeah, she said last season she always falls in love with people and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't. I wonder if McKay is gonna. Honestly, I was kind of surprised to see McKay. I thought he just might not be in the show anymore. I thought so too. I didn't expect him to show up, but I guess kind of got to have him there. Maybe he's just being the first one. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of set Cassie on that path and all that. Yeah. So we'll see. And then yeah, I guess Jules. Jules, the big one. No. So Jules and Rue. So Jules just hanging out, looking for Rue, and then she finds Rue and is like, "Did you realize because of me?" And she was like, "Yeah, hundred percent, my man." Yeah. Interesting moment, because then Rue was like, uh, like apologizing for it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know what you do about that. It's weird. I mean, it really ties into with, with a, a lot of what they talked about in those specials. Like, that's literally a you know, thing mm. they address, is that Rue thinks it's unfair, and Jules thinks it's unfair, but it's at the same time, it's, it is the case, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it happened. It's just like, like, what else do you say there? Like, it's not fair to her, and it's probably not a healthy reaction, and that's, yeah, again, you can't put it on Jules, but like, if you're going to ask her... That's the truth. Like, it, she's, she's like, you want to know the truth? Because the answer is just like, yeah, it was your fault, kind of. I mean, not even your fault, but like... It was because of what you I did. I did do it because of what you did. Like, yeah, again. 
It's a, it's a tough situation. Maybe it shouldn't be that way, but that's just the only yeah, way to... It's a tough situation where nobody really does the wrong thing, just mm-hmm. a bad thing happens. It's like, well, no one's no one did anything maliciously, but you kind of got to you know, face what's happened here. But then they kind of made up pretty pretty succinctly. Yeah, they, just, they had a New Year's kiss <laughs> and it was all fine, maybe. I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie. I'm, 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 I'm nervous for the fellows because I, I don't think that's sustainable in its current state. No, especially with um, Elliot in the mix here. Oh, exactly. I do think Rue made a good good move here and and it kind of addresses again from the special when ali was like were you really like a couple couple like did you guys ever talk about like what that meant for each other and all and so then this one she's literally just like hey jules i'm sorry i never like actually said this but i would like to be with you like a couple that's cool and jules is like yeah sure let's do it yeah looking especially she's like well we said i love you a lot and he's like you fucking kid what the what are you why are you saying that you say that to everybody you said that to my you really looked at me in the eye and said that to me an adult man teenage girls love telling everybody they love them right Mm -hmm. So yeah, but then again, she's she's also just still on her drugs. So I mean, she was high on three different things when she when she said to her. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we talked about left show. She should not be that coherent. She was very coherent when the plot required it. Yeah, when like she needed to have a heart to heart with Jules. She really kind of <laughs> all that heroin was like, all right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll cool <laughs> off for a bit. It was I thought it was very dumb of Elliot, maybe because he was high on drugs. Because when they get there, when he meets her, yeah, she's like, I'll tell you what I'm on if you tell me what you're doing. And then he gives her some of whatever he does. I don't think we know. I think it's probably cocaine or something He's because he's snorting it or something. Or I think it's crushed up pills. I think it's, it's crushed up pills? I probably. Think it's, yeah, I think it's like yeah. opiates. And he, he's like, well, we did the same amount. What's going on? And <laughs> didn't, it's like, we, didn't we do the same amount? He's like, my man, she says she's doing something else. Yeah. So you're doing one thing. She's doing two things. Also, you did drugs before she walked in there. So would how could you be doing this? Why would you yeah. ever assume that? So you gave her more? <laughs> you gave her more? Yeah, unless you were like, all right, we've got to get up to my level here. Have some more. I, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to... If you're going to be on... If I'm on two drinks, you got to be on two drinks too. <laughs> get them shots going. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, Sally. I don't know Dominic Fike here. Dominic Fike, I like your song, Three Nights. I don't know about you and Euphoria, though. I enjoy your song, Chicken Tenders, but I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know about this, Dominic Fike. I don't know about your apple tattoo either. I didn't know that about you. I don't know that. I don't like that very much at all. I think you're going to be disruptive to this relationship. I think he's going to encourage drug use. Oh, yeah. he likes drugs, so he's why like, wouldn't he? He's like, hey, you want to shoot drugs? Oh, my God. Oh, man. So much drama. So much well, drama coming move, up. Let's move to our last uh, contender, Lexi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So, Lexi. Lexi's getting it on with Fez. Uh, Fez, which I don't think it's the first time they met. Well, that seems to be what's implied, because he recognized her or whatever, but... Probably the first thing they've actually spoken yeah. to. Yeah, each they other. strike up a bit of a convo and cr- throughout the night. They get into some interesting topics, like about God and such. Talking about yeah, religion and, and stuff. And I like that moment where he says the thing that his grandma says earlier, which is like, "Well, if if you get fat and die off McDonald's, you're gonna sue McDonald's." And he's like, "That's that's how I see it, man. I don't. I'm just I'm just McDonald's, you know." And then she's like, "Yeah, but if I was God, I probably wouldn't let the founder of McDonald's who like propagated all that into heaven." And he's like, "Man, that's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. Maybe I'm going to hell." <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on that one. I'll get back to you on that one. Excuse me while I beat a minor. <laughs> yeah, for real. So then they like exchange numbers or whatever, and Lexi seems to be enjoying it, which is bizarre to me because, frankly, I enjoy Fesco as a guy, as a character and all, but it's very strange, and they seem to highlight that in their conversation. But Lexi's very smart, and he's not. Yeah, <laughs> you think a- that would be a bit of a drain as a conversation. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha, the fucking, they, they stole Christmas. He's like, they stole Christmas? <laughs> Christmas? <laughs> it's just like, they do, how did they know when the man was born? <laughs> yeah, for real. So I don't know. I don't know about all that. That's and then big... it, it seems like they're going, I thought maybe that it was going to begin and end this episode because she seems very shocked by what he does at the end, but it doesn't. Yeah. There's a little trailer kind of at the end of the yeah, yeah, yeah. first episode for where the, it shows little, little like, you know, season coming up. 
And yeah, they're just hanging out, again. hanging out at his house. So I don't know about that. Maybe they'll, I'm I'm hoping they're just gonna be friends. What's another thing we talked about last week? Is we were like, hopefully Lexi gets a nice a nice gentleman to, to not, woo her. Are we like Fez? Not a nice gentleman. Not a nice gentleman in that sense, is he? I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Pistol whipping a doctor in the ground in front of his yeah. son and con- he's, taking I mean, a he's drug a, empire. He's a literal career criminal. Yeah, he can be a nice guy, but you're still a criminal. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, like there is a lot of hypocrisy with his character. Of like, well, I like you, Rue. I don't want you to be addicted to drugs. Everyone else I sell drugs to couldn't be fucked. Couldn't be fucked. They, they can go to hell. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to hell, though. I'm not. I'm McDonald's, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about him. I, I again, I like him as a character, but I, I, I certainly want my daughter dating him. No, Wouldn't be into that. Mm-mm. I'd say no, sir. And then the other, the big payoff, the other thing we talked about that got immediately paid off. You're like, I want, Nate. I want Nate to have some consequences, and he got him. He got him. He got bludgeoned the head with a Tito's bottle. Let's <laughs> <laughs> beat the shit out of him. So there you go. Yeah, and it was very similar as well to when he beat up that guy in season one. So I, you know. Fell off. It was a little poetic. Like he brutally beats that. Yeah, really and he's just on the ground, ground and pounding. Like Nate doesn't get a doesn't get a swing in. Yeah, I mean he started off with a real heavy hitter. Him, I mean getting full on smash the bottle. You're not gonna do oh. a lot. Oh yeah, that was a full size vodka bottle. I mean he definitely was just past. He definitely knocked him out like right away. Oh yeah, he that guy. There, he wasn't he wasn't coherent after that. No, he was already pretty much out of it. it, it woozy if nothing else, and, and Nate didn't give him time. Or er, Fez didn't give him time to recover, did he? You know what's weird is that nobody stopped him. No one, no. no 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 one else was like hey. Because like usually if that ha- if you watch someone no matter what smash a bottle of something yeah you'd probably get him, that you'd, people probably swarm them and grab you probably them. would yeah because this is shocked I mean I, I mean he was he was really swinging you get in that close you're 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 catching elbows on the backswing <laughs> yeah. you know you're catching his backhand I mean the girls try to stop him but the it, classic girl thing if I've if I've learned anything from fight videos on the internet it's there's always a girl being like stop. Stop it. Somebody stop it. Which, fair enough. I mean, he probably they probably shouldn't have let him. I mean, I don't like Nate, but if I was just a guy at that party who was not privy to all the inside information, you know, I'd be like, oh my God. I, if, I, if I was a guy from like another school district who like <laughs> yeah. heard all this big party, I'd be like, what is going on right I'm now? I'm just having a good time with my homies, and then that man's bludgeoned with a Tito's bottle. I'd be like, oh, good God. That, oh, good like, is, that, is that man 25? That's a, that's a drug dealer everybody knows. Yo! <laughs> it's, it's Fesco. What is he doing to that that tall guy? I think we played him in. I think he's a. I think he's a football player. I think I played him in football. <laughs> I mean, he beat our ass, but like, geez, I don't know if this is deserving. I mean, I, mean, I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna beat that guy, but <laughs> I wasn't gonna beat him like that. Not like this. Wow, wow, go, fellas, go great heavens! They call for McKay, and then he he shows up to drag away the body. Yeah, but I would have thought McKay would have started swinging because like McKay's not as tall as Nate, but he's like still a feast. At least he's an athletic dude. He's a college athlete. He's fit as yeah, hell. He's D1 fit. athlete. Those guys are strong as hell. Fesco wouldn't want any of it though. Fesco's happy to just get his blows and leave. <laughs> yeah, he's like, set the car ashtray. We heading out. <laughs> yeah. For real. And that's that's kind of weird. That's kind of most of it, right? Well, yeah. And, uh, I guess, what do you got any predictions you want to levy? I think Nate's going to get a lot of sympathy in like these next couple episodes when he's in the hospital. That's probably a good stuff. point. Yeah, that's which kind of sucks. <laughs> and then he's, I, but I think, I think it's going to build the like an, an all time high for him. Mm-hmm. And then like May's going to release that video or something, and it's all him and his dad are going to come crashing down. And it's going to be amazing. He's going to freak out and have a tantrum. Yeah, you're probably... That's, I like that, Jack. I like that. Because that's a good point. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, neat. His, Maddie's going to be in there, like, n- like stroking his cheek as he's in the hospital bed all fucked up. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, Come here so I can choke you out again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need help choking you out for a while. But... <laughs> Could you do it with your own hand? I have my hand. I grip strength and all up. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. thanks, Maddie. You're, really, you're real great. That's a, that's a very good observation, Jack. He's probably going to get a lot of sympathy he doesn't really deserve or need, isn't he? Isn't he, Jack? Gosh. He's the worst, man. Do you think... Can we... <laughs> we have any predicts of anything horrible he can do this season? Oh, God. It could... I mean, <laughs> after last season, it could be anything. It could really be It could anything. kill a man, I'd be like, probably. 
I don't. I, well, maybe actually, this is probably an easy one. I don't think this is going to be the beginning and end of it with him and Fez now. Probably. Oh no, he's definitely. I. You know what? Honestly, he might just call the cops on Fez again. Yeah, because there's in the trailer. There's a lot of police activity going on. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Is that like Fez didn't really get the victory he thought? Yeah, it was a hollow victory. He won the battle, yeah. not the war. It's pyrrhic, a pyrrhic victory. Yeah, very much so. That's tough. I want to predict that Dom uh, Elliot. No, I said his actor's name. Elliot. He's just gonna have a relationship with Rue with drugs, and it's gonna be real unhealthy. And Ali's gonna be like, "What are you doing, Rue? What what happened? Yeah, we we had pancakes a week ago, and what's going on with you?" Uh, and then Jules is gonna have some issues and try to find an identity. And hopefully, Cat and Ethan will have no problems at all whatsoever, and they'll just be happy for the whole show. I hope Lexi realizes that Fez is not a viable long term partner for her. Just probably don't, fit Lexi. Lexi, come on, he's leaving B. Yeah, man, it's like it's kind of. I was kind of nice because I was like, "Oh, wow, I can't believe Ruin and Jules patched things up so quickly." Because we talked about last week, we want them to be happy together, but yeah, because it's episode one, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the beginning and end of it, is it? No, this season is two episodes. <laughs> this is a quick two two parter. <laughs> like, all right, first season two is all done. Wait a year for season three. Oh gosh, gosh, lots of drama for sure gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Especially because, like, going into season one, I didn't necessarily expect it was because you didn't have a vibe. But after all of season one, and especially with after this episode here, it feels like it's ramping up. Oh, yeah. Things are going to get hectic. They just, I don't know, man. Shit's going to start in the fan. Yeah. Hopefully no one dies. I hope It doesn't not. feel like that kind of show, really. No. I mean, there's a lot of, like, stakes, and there's a lot of, like, people almost dying. This show, but it's not really that kind of show. But maybe. Yeah. maybe I told you, maybe Fezco and, and Ashtray are going to go out in a blaze glory against the cops. I mean, they did kill Mouse. Oh yeah, first ten seconds. Or maybe they're gonna go out fucking Scarface style, guns a blazing. Fucking what are they called? What are they called? <laughs> Is that movie with Robert Redford? Blaze of Glory? No, I don't know that movie. It's a western, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, uh, it's gonna be like Sundance. Yeah. I was almost in True Grip, but that's that's uh some that's so that just depends which one you're we were thinking of, Jack. Yeah. Could be John Wayne. Could be Haley Steinfeld. Matt Damon. Which one season? The new one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't old enough to be in the old one. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't <laughs> far wasn't old enough. Freaking, what's his face? Jeff Bridges? Jeff Bridges. That's it's a good movie. I'm big fan sad. of that one. Big fan of the new True Grit. Right, that's probably it, I guess. Then, right? Yeah, let's let's hack a tech out of that into episode three of the Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. Episode three. What's it called? Uh, I don't even know. Fuck. It's just chapter three. I didn't really look at the title. Although the standout part of this episode for me is that Danny, they made Danny Trejo the <laughs> Rancor uh, Wrangler. Uh, I saw I was like, is that... Is that Danny Trejo right there? In Star Wars now? That's cool. He's the ra- he's the Rancor guy. Yeah. Pretty good. I, I was kind of surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised because we know Robert Rodriguez is like whatever he is, showrunner type individual on the show. So I guess it makes sense. And he directed this episode. Yeah. I guess if it's, you know, we we talk on the show often about how like directors like having little good luck charm actors that they bring on to all their projects. So yeah, makes sense Danny Trejo showed up. Like him giving all the, the Rancor lore. He's like, the yeah. Rancor is a good beast. I don't know what's going on with that. He's going to ride it, maybe? Is he going to ride it? Is it Chekhov's know. Rancor? I guess it's Chekhov's Rancor, but it's like, to what effect, frankly? Is he just going to have a Rancor rampage? Is he going to kill the pikes with a I mean, Rancor? Let me tell you, I love riding a Rancor. Love a, love a Jedi riding a Rancor. That happened in the Old Republic recently. Ivar Curse rides a Rancor in The Force Unleashed. When you go to Felucia, you fight Felucians on Rancors. Rancors are sweet, man, but that one's all depressed. I don't know how good, how effective it will be as a fighter. It's like young, too. It does seem kind of small. They yeah. got those weird blinders on it, so I can't see yeah, yeah. Do you think, Jack, it's the same Rancor from the Bad Batch? Because I think it might be. That'd be interesting. I think it might be Moochie or whatever that one's called. Yeah. How I long mean, do they again. live, though? Because that one was pretty small. That one was pretty big. That's been like... It's, this is, this well, is, it's smaller than it is in this. 
The one in the Bad Batch is definitely smaller than the one in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So. And it's been, I don't know how long, if they live a long time, it makes sense because it could age like, yeah. it's been like 20 years or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you're right. Maybe it should be bigger. Also, there's probably more than one Rancor in the world, right? In the universe, actually, quite frankly. Yeah. Hutch yeah. show up again randomly. Let's not get out of order here. So this episode starts where this watermonger is like, hey, Buffett, nobody likes you or respects you. Like we talked about last episode. How about you beat up these kids who are stealing my water because they need water to live? Street use. That's the name of the episode, by the way. It's the streets of Mos Eisley. Or the streets of Mos Espa. There you go, yeah. So yeah, these these street use, these young gangsters took all my water. Yeah, make him give it back. And they roll up on these on these users into their they just modify themselves with droid parts. It's it, <laughs> it sounds like just like a weird like boomer thing. Like oh, these kids modifying themselves. They're they're, they're doing hooch out the back these of a Wendy's, <laughs> sticking droid eyes in their face, and then both I just befriends them, huh? Yeah, they just they're just real mean to him. Like, uh, <laughs> the, the, the leader of the group grow busts the shit out of him, and then he's like, "Want to work for me?" I don't know why they were so confident. If especially if they do new, like yeah, he's old, but he's got a gun. He's and not. He's, he's not gonna fist fight you all. You guys don't have guns. He'll just shoot you all. Like in a meta sense, haha, Boba Fett, he's yeah. silly and goofy. But in Star Wars, uh, they all know he's a killer. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. So is Fennec Shan, who they brought They're with killers. them. They're cold blooded killers with guns yeah. on them. Like, I don't, yeah, I didn't frankly get their. All you got is a trash can fire. Yeah. They'll just shoot you. Like, this doesn't need to be like, he's, old, you're old, old man. We're the youth. <laughs> like, yeah, but do you have guns? Because he'll, sh- he'll just shoot you. Youth doesn't have nothing to a gun. Yeah. To my Glock. For real. You should know Boba Fett is more than willing to sh- shoot lots of people. He's got that Mandalorian armor. You know what they love doing? Flamethrowing people. They he loves, loves flamethrowing people. He'll flamethrower the shit out of you. It's, I mean, Hit it's effective. Those- Classically fire? <laughs> Very effective against living things. <laughs> like, supremely. So, yeah. Second then- only? To bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and then they team up. He- he's like, you're right. If you guys don't have jobs... Unemployed, work for that's kind of nice. Yeah, Bubba Fett, real humanitarian. Because <laughs> you know what? As he killed that guy for money, he was like, oh, maybe I should help give back the community by <laughs> becoming a crime lord. He's like, here's the thing, fellas. He's like, what you guys understand is that incarceration does not decrease crime rates. Yeah. He's like, getting, d- lowering unemployment that decreases crime rates, fellas. Because they won't have to resort to such me. things to get money. I'm very woke. Fellas. The distribution of wealth is very important to me. I'm very as a <laughs> bounty hunter. <laughs> As a crime lord, it's it's important to me that we not have poor crime, lots of crime. <laughs> it's important to me that we have the lowest crime rate we possibly can. <laughs> I should be the only person. We should have a crime rate of one. Just me, me, me. and maybe the fellow, and maybe Fennec Shan. We can have maybe two. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? So here's the thing, Jack. This is the, you know as as we went through last week, everything in this show is just causing unimaginable shitstorms on Twitter. Strife. So this week, <laughs> this week the strife came from. This gang here, right? So, namely, their appearance and the appearances of their little speeder bikes. So, what did, what did you think? you have any thoughts on that? To buy the show, they're all dressed how I'd think, except for the, the leader lady, because she's wearing short sleeves, which you wouldn't do, and which no one else on Tatooine has ever done. No one else wears short mm-hmm. sleeves on Tatooine because it's a desert planet. It's hot and terrible. Why'd they ever wear short sleeves? Weird design choice. Maybe to make her stand out with her, make mm-hmm. her important, because she's clearly more, she's like the leader of their group. It's a small thing. The chase scene, I was like, did they just run into... Did John Favreau not want to write the end of this episode? And was like, eh, just have him, I don't know, ride speeders around for 20 minutes or 10 minutes. This episode was also very short, like barely 40 yeah, minutes. went back to being short again, which kind of sucks. But like, okay, so do you think their costumes are like stand out bad though? Because I no, don't. I don't. Except for the, the weird choice of the girls, but that's just because it was sunny. I don't think it was like, oh, I can't even look at her. Oh, she's hideous. I do think it's fucked. 
the concept of the droid thing, of the enhancing thing, but I, it feels Star Wars enough to me. Yeah. I've thought about this before in the context of Star Wars, of, like, why wouldn't you just replace yourself with droid parts if you could? Because you may as well. Because yeah. they're better. Like, Luke's hands and stuff are better, seemingly, than normal, and they're, like, harder to destroy. And uh, there's actually some lore around this now, is that, like, the idea was, even just in the prequel era, which is obviously, like, 30 years prior to this, um, it wasn't quite so advanced that you would want to do that. But in recent years, they've made enough strives that, like, the stuff is good enough where it really is just better than the human, like, human counterpart. equivalent. So you might as well. I don't know if I'd, like, do my face like that, though. I don't know if I'd get a big droid eye. No, I I, I thought I it was mean, a they, little little bit of a bad line when he's like, keep an eye out for him. And they just kind of look at each other and goes, it's an expression. It's like, yeah, Fett, <laughs> why wouldn't he know that expression? Of course it's an expression. Like, it's not like he, they speak two different languages and there's a language barrier. That's true. They all speak basic. That was still kind of fun. And it's not like he's like, oh, it's a Wookiee expression. And he says like a weird... <laughs> like, then he was like, yeah, it's okay. I paid a lot for this eye. I'm proud of my eye. That was kind of nice. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about modifying yourself like that, but I, then again, I I do don't I I do think that it's not like not Star Warsy. I don't know. No, it's very Star Wars. Didn't stand out to me. Their costumes didn't stand out to me. Their bikes didn't really stand out to me. So a lot yeah. of people are like, "Why are the bikes so colorful?" I don't know because they're like motorcycles. They're like street youth. These aren't like soldiers. Like yeah, yeah. the Endor speeder bikes. Those are brown because they're on a, a forest planet and they're like soldiers with speeder bikes with camouflage. Yeah, but these are just youths. These are youths. Why why would they paint their fucking shit gray? <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. Also, the only thing I could say is kind of what you mentioned earlier, which some people do say, like, this doesn't make sense for Tatooine. Like, why are their bikes so shiny and clean and everything when they live on a horrible desert planet? Mm-hmm. That I would agree with much more than anyone who's like, this isn't, this doesn't even feel like Star Wars. What? You've been watching the same movies, dude? Have you seen the prequels? George Lucas loves the 50s. you seen American Graffiti? That's just this. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Like, I, I really don't. I don't understand anyone who says that. And there's a lot of that going around. Like, there's not. These these don't look anything like Star Wars. They don't even look like they're from Star Wars. I disagree. Like, all the speeders in episode two, they're all, like, shiny, bright colors. Oh, yeah. Just all like this. They all have, they're all shiny with chrome and shit looking like hot rods. Like, that's what this is, clearly. So, it didn't bother me. I will agree, though. That chase at the end, not great. It felt very slow. Um, and yeah. I think it's because those, those bikes are, like, real props. And they probably just couldn't make them move at, like, actual... You know, high speed. <laughs> they probably couldn't get them, them bitches up to eighty or whatever. So. Yeah, as fast as that little bike thing was going. Yeah. So I don't. I I didn't love it, but it's whatever. There's some funny moments in it of like a uh, little little. You know, oh, I'm crossing the street. Oh. <laughs> Those are all whatever. But like the actual speed of it, when you just sit it, you're just sitting there watching. You're like they don't look like they're going fast. And then when you have Boba Fett just land at the end, like here I am. I was like, wait a minute, he does have a jetpack. He should just handle that on his own. He could have flown jump. and gotten right next to that guy in the seat and then shot him in the face with his gun. Shot him in the face if he wanted. Or shot him from a distance with his gun. Or Fennec Shan yeah. could, because, I don't know, again, they're killers. That's true. Fennec Shan's like a very competent marksman. Yeah. And she's um, and unlike Boba, she's like, you should just kill these guys. Yeah, I don't know. So let's talk about the other things. With the, I was going to say, I was going to talk about how the fight with BK was... Kind of weird. Not yeah, it doesn't look choreographed does very it? well. It reminded me of the fight scene in the first episode, which also is not choreographed very well. There's a couple parts where he's just like stumbling around yeah. while Creston is. Makes you wonder why he didn't bring his gun. But Creston had a gun. Well, first of all, I don't, it makes you wonder. I wonder how he got in there. He but, just walked right in. Um, why Fennec Shand or those gangsters weren't better at like guarding Boba Fett until <laughs> it was almost too late. If Boba Fett was slightly less competent, he would have already been dead by the time they rolled up to that room. But whatever. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't bring any of his guns. He's know. got that gun from the from the episode two when he shows up. He canonically has a bowcaster. That had, that had done Boba Fett in real well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, you can kind of 
very much tell that uh, Tamir Morrison is 60 years old. He's getting thrown around mm-hmm. and rolling around. I'm like, eh. yeah, I, I didn't love it, frankly. I'm not gonna lie. I I do do see where you come from with that. And then the Hutch just show up like, oh, you're not dead. Oops. All right, whatever. Yeah, we don't want him. See you later. And they leave. <laughs> We're going back. To Sorry them. for trying to kill you. So do you think that's real? Do you think they're lying, or do you think they actually are just gonna head out? I think they're gonna head out because I think the Pikes are just the villains. I think so too. I guess, which is kind of weird, though, that they even I don't know. Why did they have the huts come? Why did they? Yeah, just in here for like two scenes. Why did like, BK? Hey, sorry. Why did he show up? Why did Black Crescent show up? Yeah, so up? people were complaining, and I, I can't disagree with this at all, that he, he recruited those treat yous, and then the same episode, he's like, all right, see you, Black Creston. Crest, Cranston, whatever the fuck he's called. Crefton. Why didn't he recruit him? Why wasn't he like, come work for me? That seemed like the very natural thing to do there, and then he just didn't. You, you think you'd want a big Wookiee monster on your team? Yeah. That's cool. Maybe he's like, I'd stick around. I probably want to get his fur too bad, so I'll let him go. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird. Maybe he'll come back, you know, anyway. Maybe he'll come up with, maybe him and Boss will come back. Like, Guys, actually, we're friends now. That'd be neat. So maybe they'll come back. Nah, Boss wouldn't. He's a horrible monster lizard man. No, he hates Wookiees. Wookiees hate him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big hat. <laughs> Women love me. Wookiees fear me. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I hope he's bad. I hope that's not the beginning and end of him. I mean, again, that's only two scenes for him as well. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I did like the way they got him at the end, was just dropping him in the pit. It's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I guess it's just the Pikes now. Um, yeah, the Pikes killed all his sand just like, friends. Hey, we gotta leave. Oh, yeah, so then let's go to that. So, they just killed all the Tuscans off screen. I don't like that. Yeah, I was like, you, oh. ne- you don't, you never like when that happens. I mean, we everyone kind of knew that was coming, right? He, Boba Fett was doing too well, just hanging out with the Tuscans, having like a good life, it seemed like. Really acclimating to those people. So, it seemed clear that it couldn't last forever. Or I guess, well, technically the Pikes didn't do it, right? It's the it's that swoop gang. So I don't know. But I, clearly Boba Fett isn't going to be happy with either of them, I don't think. No, I, I don't think so. And they brought a whole bunch of them. How's Boba Fett going to fight all those guys? It seems like all the ones who were on Tatooine must have been gone. Yeah. So probably in the past sequence of events, we're going to see Boba Fett kill them all. Because they talk about those three like families that run. Because we haven't seen that meeting scene yet mm-hmm. where he's like Co- cooperation can make us all rich yeah yeah so that was probably what it's gonna be they can like take over the pikes uh both the pikes spot and get all their money that yeah they got in there because what do they say the families are it's the trandoshans the katuians and one other of them so yeah maybe they'll have a big meeting with all those guys i mean there. we i mean we know they have a big meeting cause yeah, yeah that's what i mean but i just i gotta imagine it's those three gangs they talked about earlier and they're gonna be like we gotta stand up to the pikes fellas those pikes are trying to come in here take over and be like what's up what's all the pikes too many pikes oops all pikes we were thinking Crimson Dawn could return. Who? With Kira. Crimson Dawn. The criminal organization from Solo that oh, Kira's in charge of. Oh, yeah. With the with the weird people with the half their heads gone. Yeah, they got some of those. <laughs> Very scary. I don't like the them. The decraniated? Yeah, I don't like them either. Too scary. But yeah. Which which could potentially mean a Emilia Clark as Kira reprisal. I that, feel like maybe not. I feel like what I heard about that. You might have. I feel, I don't, I, I don't think they're like, well, we got Han Solo. I don't think Emilia Clark slips through <laughs> after <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> That'd be weird. What if that? What if that is what happens? What if they are both in it? What if together? What if they just show up together? I mean, Hans Hans like, hey, Clark. Gonna be a Clark. That's not my name. Hey, Kira. Uh, oh, Kira. So, hey, sorry. I don't, I don't care. I, I got don't. a wife now, but I mean, I had a wife when I when I was not Carrie Fisher too. So, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I think it's probably unlikely, especially because she's in the comics right now, and it seems like they're gonna kill her. <laughs> it oh. Seems like Kira's gonna die. Between episode five and six, so that is unfortunate for Amelia yeah. Clark's bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they ever get around to making Solo two, they Zach, can still do that. But Zach, let it go. There's no more Star Wars movies. <laughs> They're never gonna make another Star Wars movie. I should make Solo two. 
So I wish they would. I really liked Solo. Movie. It was so I was very good. excited for Solo too, and it seems like it's never happened. Nobody watched it, and then people were like, "People watched it like, man, actually, this was kind of good." What hey, happened? Yo, this was kind of fire. Maybe I give films a chance instead of being like a weird man baby about it. It's a good movie. Second best one. It's tough. And then yeah, it's just it's the Pikes. I don't know. It's not it's not much of a twist, is it? No, because the Pikes were in that when they they get the Major Delmo and they're like, "Who is it?" And he's like, "It was the Pikes. It was the Pikes Syndicate." Oh, so those guys from earlier? I like that they have payphones kind of in Tatooine. <laughs> like, oh, I get to my local payphone. It'd be nice if it was a different group, is all. The Slikes, perhaps? <laughs> they're just, I mean, any of the criminal syndicates, right? Yeah. The, any of the Could have been Black Sun. Could have been. I mean, they already fucked over the Hawk Cartel, right? What about the other one? What are the other ones that Darth Maul takes in Clone Wars? No, Black um, Sun. Black Sun, the, the, the Pike Syndicate. I don't know. You, you don't know? I don't, I don't, let's see, I'll do, I'll do a quick Google here. <laughs> quick Google, quick Google. I think it's, I think those, those are the two big ones I remember actively showing on screen, because he rolls up and he kills everyone <laughs> in Black Sun. There's like this, there's literally this meeting scene, right? They like roll up and it's all the Black Sun guys meeting, and he has Savage Press just throw his lightsaber and just spins down the whole length of the table, decapitating each, every it, single one until it gets to the end. There's one guy, and then he's like, so you, you know, my team, he's like, well, yeah, I <laughs> Oh yeah, god! I think that guy would have. Some of them would have just ducked. Yeah, you think you see the writing on the wall on that one? You think after the after after if you're like number eight in the line and two through four have gone down, you just kind of duck under? Yeah, right, right. One would think. So they have Black Sun, Crimson Dawn, Death Watch, the Hut Clan, briefly, and the Pike Syndicate. So yeah, that's all. Oh, so we don't not too many. So we kind of you got them pretty much all. Yeah, yeah. Cause maybe Death Squad will show up and help them. Yeah, I don't know. A bunch of Mandalorians will come and help them. Yeah, and a bunch of Mandalorians. Maybe that's how Din will roll up. Be like, hey, it's me. I got then again, Bo-Katan hates him, so. He does hate him. She's like, you're not a real Mandalorian. He goes, hey, I got my birth certificate right here. <laughs> it says I'm not donkey-brained. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Do you have any such certificate, Bo-Katan? <laughs> I don't think so. My chain code is in this armor. All right? Gosh. So, it's yeah, mine. My dad gave it to me. Come on, Bo-Katan. Oh, uh, can we, real quick. I want to talk about what you showed me yesterday. About how they're making a Bo-Katan show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and somebody's response was... I think they should focus on making Boba Fett good first before they start making Bo-Katan. Uh, guy, whoever you are, that's not how that works. They've already made Boba Fett. All the episodes been done for months. <laughs> done for months. Bo-Katan, they haven't started writing that show. The two are so far apart, it's it, it's unbelievable. So silly. <laughs> also, probably not in the same teams. Okay, probably not. Like, what a silly thing Maybe they say. both report to John Favreau, but that's it. Yeah. Oh, this is a fun thing. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Ming-Na Wen was the president of the science fiction club in high school. Isn't that's that nice? fun. I saw I saw a photo on her Instagram where she's like, she like stopped and had her picture taken with her with her on a push. She's like, I'm on a billboard. That's fun. She's having a lot of fun with it, which is always nice. I always love when an actor loves being on the thing. That yeah, right? It's much better than Hans, the Harrison Ford. Well, Harrison Ford's fun in its own way. Because he hates it so much. <laughs> Yeah, just so so angry about it all the time. Anyone ever brings it up, he clearly resents it so much. Even though um, it made him like, I mean, it really infinitely did. more famous than any of his little movies ever could. Here's a comment from someone I I took a screenshot here. This guy says, "Expecting any part of Star Wars, um, not even just Boba Fett, to be gritty and hyperviolent, was always a Reddit pipe dream that came from not wanting to accept that they had become adult fans of a children's property. They demanded Star Wars grow up with them." And we've talked about this a lot before, but that's very much a real thing. Yeah, that's there's yeah. too many dudes out there being like, "When are we? Come on, guys! Are, when are we gonna get the R-rated Star Wars show? Come on! When am I gonna see Jango Fett have sex with a bunch of <laughs> prostitutes on Coruscant before he does Attack of the Clones stuff? When am I gonna get my Darth Vader R-rated movie where he kills Jedi with the Inquisitors Expl- for two hours? <laughs> when am I gonna get explicit drug use in Star Wars? Gosh, 
sure, the Ewoks are dumb and for toys, but when are they going to just eat a man alive? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, that's, that's a very, very accurate quote. It's, if you want to be an adult fan of Star Wars, that's fine, but don't expect Star Wars to become adulty with you. Yeah, it never was. They're never going to be effing and jeffing and and showing tits on Star Wars. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry, fellas. Like Dave Filoni says, it's for kids. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You just got to accept that. Scott, anything else here to say? Uh, This guy said, after watching the first three episodes of The Book of Boba Fett, I feel like we all have to agree to pretend like this show never happened. In my opinion, it's worse than The Last Jedi. Which, I agree with him. About halfway. I don't... uh, Anyone who ever says, like, we should all forget this happens, that's a cringe thing to do. Be a man about it. Say with your chest. Say with your chest. Accept their lot in life and move on. (laughs) If you hate it, that's fine. But don't be... Don't be with this nonsense. I don't think it even exists. <laughs> I'm going to pre- pretend this never happened. What are you, a little boy? Would your mom tell your dog went to a farm of state? <laughs> Grow up. He, your dog died. <laughs> Listen, this ha- the show happened. Whether you like it or not, it's here. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Don't hit me with that. Timmy Morrison made a billion dollars <laughs> off it. <laughs> they gave him money. All right, They paid the act- They filmed this shit. That's not, John it's not. John wrote it down. It's going to be on Disney Plus until you die. Until the sun <laughs> blows up. So don't hit me with that. But uh, as far as the second part, I agree. It is worse than The Last Jedi because I think The Last Jedi is really good and this show's uh, so far kind of kind of mid. A little mid. So, in that sense, he's right. God. And he always I hit- agree with him. Not the way he meant. <laughs> no. He'd be horrified to know that, that, that <laughs> about his points. Because oh. he means like, oh, The Last Jedi was the previous worst thing. This is the new it's worst worse thing. thing. That can't be true because the prequels still exist, guy. Yeah. The Attack of the Clones still a film you can see. <laughs> You can access that it. film's on Disney. It's Plus. also on Disney Plus. So, yeah, no, I agree. It's not that bad. Hey, speaking of this, but real quick, did, did they have they um, done the thing they done with Marvel where they put all the Star Wars properties in chronological order? You know, I don't know. I think they should do that. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it'd be pretty easy though. It's 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 a little easier with yeah stars. There's not as much. Well, I mean, there's a little jumping around, right? It's a little bit with like the shows with the movies. Obviously, it's not. I saw so, that's a thing I actually screenshot as well this week. Somebody put out a little. Just a little graphic of all, like, the current on-screen property. Not, like, all the books and comics, because that's just impossible to keep track. But it's all the Star Wars, like, TV show and movie properties all in order. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I see they could just do it like this. Yeah, it would be cool. I think more people need to watch Rebels. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave everyone with that this week. <laughs> I watch, Rebels. watch Rebels. It's a really good. You really should. It's a really good show. A lot of people don't give it a chance for whatever reason. Because they say that they it, well, it's it's the reason you always give that goofy. Mm, it looks weird. Well, I say it's too thin. They're, Why are they like you? They're too thin. I think they're too thin. It's very silly. I think it's almost it's at least as good as the Clone Wars. Sometimes I think it's better. It's weird because it's not that old of a show, but I have a lot of nostalgia for it in my heart. Well, because the goggles are well, on so tight to your I've face. Got a lot of fond memories you of tighten when it, it came on. Out. See, because it was like a Star Wars show before the Star Wars shows, right? It's a pre-Star Wars show. I just mean, like, before all this Disney Plus shit and we got the Mandalorian. Like, that was the show I look forward to every week. I was like, yay, new Star Wars. It was before Disney had really grabbed it by the reins quite yet, right? Because mm-hmm. it was it was the first Star Wars property they did. And it obviously lasted for, like, four seasons. So it, it started to cross over with, like, The Last Jedi and the rest maybe not, maybe Rogue One. I don't think it... I, I'm trying to think of when it ended. Maybe it ended the same year as The Last Jedi or solo whatever though you get the point you get like fun crossovers saw is in it they got force whitaker to do the voice oh, did they? believe it or not yeah. they're like here's a hundred million dollars <laughs> do the voice so yeah it's 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 just good it's probably better than this show if i'm being honest so far but 
It is what it is. I'll make that call only if I see a lightsaber. They pulled a lightsaber, <laughs> a and lightsaber? it's thin. The show is worse than Rebels. Well, we called last week that Luke Skywalker is just going to show up again at the end. So, oh, of course. Maybe if he shows up, but his lightsaber is thin this time. And his, I hope his lightsaber is like as thick as like a steel pipe. <laughs> It's just a club. It's a club. It's just an actual club he put lights like a, around. It actually looks like the shape of a baseball bat when it comes out. <laughs> He's like, I got my slugger. And Grogu's there. And even though it's only been, like, presumably a short months, Grogu also already has a lightsaber. Grogu's going 10 inches and he's 5'7". <laughs> yeah, I've seen people make those jokes. Like, what if Grogu shows up but he's already just a teenager? Those five months were just a puberty hit him like a freight train. <laughs> he was... <laughs> Din wasn't feeding him the right food so it wasn't actually growing. He's like, why are you still a baby? He's like, Din, you're not feeding him food right. Din. He, you got one to eat those frog eggs, Din. He needs, he needs protein. He's a growing boy. <laughs> uh, he's got to eat those... That, that lady's children have to be eaten by him. So now he's like 13 and edgy. It's like, I don't even care, Din. He's got, he's got like hair over his eye. <laughs> yeah. Mid-show so far. <laughs> I hate to say it. Yeah, you hate to see it. Hopefully it's good stuff. I will say, again, a lot of people were very, very bothered by the Tuscan thing, and I and I can totally see where they're coming from. Like I said, I knew that's kind of where it was going, because we had to get, as we talked about last week, we had to get like from point A to point B on that one. If the Tuscan, if that tribe was still just like going strong and they were all alive and everything, why would Boba leave, right? So I think we knew that was coming, but I do understand anyone who would resent them being used as like just a plot device like Get that. Get fridged, literally. They really just got fridged. And I, we, we talk about it. We always pretty much hate to see that. Mm-hmm. It always feels lazy, no matter what context, pretty much. So, yeah. All right. So let's well, done with that. Let's Agatech out of that. Now, listeners, we're doing Wheel of Time, but we're doing good Wheel of Time now. Yes. We're doing books four, five, and six of the Wheel of Time. Two of these books, four and five, The Shadow Rising, The Fires of Heaven, and Lord of Chaos. Five and six, longest books in the series. Yeah. Very big boys. Very good. I enjoyed all three of them. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite of the three? Right off the bat. Well, I'll just say, let me just precursor here. Obviously, if you've not read the books or don't care about the Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah. This, we did this last for a reason. Yeah, just, we did put just, it last for a reason. I mean, so. play us on mute, obviously. <laughs> we got to get that playtime, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Continue listening to the episode on mute or, or maybe just like throw it in a fridge for a while. <laughs> throw <laughs> your phone in a fridge. Put your phone in the freezer. Let it cool down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to overheat. And then yeah. come back in about 45 or so minutes and, and uh, give us a good review. Give us a good review. Give us five stars on iTunes. So, of these three, Jack... I don't know, man. It's so tough. I suck. I suck at ranking things. And like spoilers. This. Oh yeah, of course, spoilers. If anyone's still, re- if anyone's um, reading, if you happen to be a Wheel of Time book fan who's also only a couple books, <laughs> like, because presumably if you're a book fan, you've read all the books because they've been out for a long time now. So oh, yeah, even the most recent one was out in 2008. No, it's been no, no. It was much more recent than that. So, oh, it was like 20. I thought it was like a 2014 or something. Yeah, I thought it was like 2014. I mean, still, it's seven but years yeah. ago. If you were a fan, you didn't know. If you if you started reading, like, if you were like a real one of the show. Um, but so like I said, I suck at sh- ranking things like this. I always do. Um, and I probably suffer from a little recency bias. So I just finished what's it called, Lord of Chaos. Lord of Chaos today, and I finished on Thursday. Um, so we're both we just both just yeah. finished to get time for this episode. The, the climax for that one is very exciting and cool. So, like, that's definitely fresh in my mind. It's definitely, it's definitely the forefront. But I think maybe I gotta say Shadow Rising. Um, and after I will say after Fires of Heaven, I thought the same thing. I was like, Damn, that's like the best one so far. But I think with a little distance, I, I can kind of cool off on that one too. So I yeah. think it's probably Shadow Rising is the best of those three. I would have to agree. I, I definitely have to agree with that. I think it's the best for me. Uh, I, I I can't rank. Five, any higher. I can't rank high. Five is the best because parent just doesn't appear. That's true. He just gets a whole book break to have a wife for a bit. Then again, my boy Matt, he gets a lot to do, would do in book in book uh, 
five uh, there. He does. More so than either of the other two, probably. So Mac has a lot of, a lot of plot development. Perrin does not get too much at all. Even in this one, when he returns, it's not too, too much. And Mac gets absolutely... He's not having a good time. He gets bodied halfway through. His buddy just screws him over for no reason. So, are you still looking up the date? Yeah. A Memory of Light came out in 2013. Oh, so it's been like eight years. Still, it's been long enough. Yeah. Really, it's... Yeah. Right. So, how we're going to do this is we're not going to break down every single book. And we're not going to be like, well, this part happened and this part happened. We're set it from you word for word. Because yeah. that's an insane thing to do. So, we're going to do uh, every character, all the main kind of characters. Uh, and probably just them through all three books. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're events all three books. And we'll like... Well, like obviously if they interact with if Matt does something with Rand, we're not gonna like omit it because we already talked about Rand. We'll just say he does it with Rand, but we'll talk about Matt's side of things in a way. Uh, we'll see if this works because you know it's probably a better way to keep our thoughts straight. Yeah, because we're kind of insane. So the boy Rand. Let's just start with the big boy first. I well, think the figure, main guy because a lot of things are going around him. Obviously, so he's really moving up in the world. Beginning of four is when and we talked about this. I think we talked about it last time we talked about the books. I've, I've seen people say that, like, you could almost stop after the third book and just leave it if you really wanted. I don't really agree with that. Also, uh-huh. it's like, if you enjoy it, just keep reading them, right? But yeah. whatever. But I do kind of see a little more where they come from now, is that there is a big change in, like, I would say, not necessarily tone or, or writing or anything. I, don't, I guess I don't understand anyone who would say it feels like a different series, but definitely it, it broadens out in scope quite a bit. Yeah, it kind of explodes from that point. Yeah. So, starting in Shadow Rising, Rand has tier. And he's got, like, some Isle of the Stone, right? But overall, he's not quite there. But he is... This is the first time he truly is coming out to the world as the Dragon Reborn. Yeah, he's, right? flying, he's flying the banner he got at the end of the Isle mm-hmm. of the World on top of it. All the lords call him, like, Lord Dragon. Like, mm-hmm. he's starting to be, like, the high king of the world. Because previous to that, he just had those, like, the band of Shinarans in the mountains. Which, yeah, like, and he got those burnt... Much. He got those burnt... He got the marks on his hands, the heron yeah. marks on either of his hands. And then... Yeah. So then... So then he decides to go to... Well, well, as always, we got to mention if in, in every Wheel of Time book where all the characters start together, there must be a Trolloc attack. <laughs> there must be a Trolloc attack. And book That's one, true. book two, point. and not and book three. There's a Trolloc attack in the beginning Big of the book. Attack. And in that, uh, Rand takes out Kalandor and does some crazy ass shit because it's he a just gets huge. Them all. It's a Serangra Angriel, right? Yeah, Kalandor is a Angriel. Is that the strongest one? How yeah, do they yeah. rank? Okay, it's- so an Angriel is just the generic kind of term. A Terangriel. Is specialized, right? It doesn't need the power. It's oh, just it, a thing. It's like a, a, a self-contained little unit that can do things. So you don't need to be able to channel to use a Terangriel. Right. Like the ring or Matt's the ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Matt's pendant, exactly. And then a Sangriel is just a really, really powerful Angriel from like the Age of Legends that they don't know how to make anymore. Sick. So, yeah. And and Condor is the strongest of them all. It's a sword that is not a sword because it's mm-hmm. just made of like crystal and shit. But it's also real sharp still. You can c- cut people with it, but it's probably... Doesn't need, need you probably don't need to bother. Yeah, probably don't. I mean, you could just shoot him with lightning, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or balefire, you know. So he really, really makes himself known. And then from then on, we start to disperse, right? Everybody splits up. So also, though, in this part, he furthers his relationship with Elaine. They, like, fully commit to that. Also, there's, like, that thing that I don't personally like, and I don't think you did either. They very clunkily, <laughs> I think, just be like, hey, by the way, Egwene, I don't really like you. I like you like a sister. And Egwene's like, here's the thing, Rand, I like you like a brother. I'm like, that's weird. I don't... We talked about this as well. It's like, I, we kind of knew they weren't going to end up together because... Because Min says so I mean, in the, says first, in the book. first book. So, like, I'm, I'm of two minds about it because I... It feels so ham-handed at some points where I'm like, did he change his mind? But then again, yeah, in the first book, he seemed to already have that in mind that they weren't going to end up together. So it's it's weird it's, the way... And I was thinking about it more. 
it's very weird because when Rand uses the portal stone in book two, and when Egwene does the accepted test as well, mm-hmm. they both see fates in which they are together. Yeah, like they they're they're like connected, mm-hmm. but they're not. It's, yeah, like one of the one of the, the lives that like Egwene is tempted by is just like a simple life with Rand. Yeah, and Rand pictures a yeah a bunch of different versions where he just lives with Egwene. I think the first one he does is when he's old and he lives a perfect life with Egwene, uh, uh, and then several other ones are like. Her dying earlier and earlier in his life, yeah. and then him going crazier because he can channel. Yeah. yeah, he has one where like she dies after they've been barely married like a year or something, and then that's when he leaves and like goes to join the army or whatever. He goes, like, like, he goes to Camelot. He yeah meets Elaine. He that joins way. the Queen's Guard and everything. Yeah, so there's like I don't know. You're kind of right. Maybe all that is is like, well, I can't. <laughs> if I just have him imagine lives with all the other characters, it'll just give away who he ends up with in the end. But even still, I don't know. Yeah, and plus he's getting three because it's him. <laughs> As, well, I will meet. Obviously, Avienda is, inter- is has a bigger role. In yeah, four. so she barely. She yes, yeah, she's introduced obviously in three as like uh, the girls meet her on the way to Tear, right? Yeah, they're like, hey, what's up? And they save her. They they heal uh, her. Yeah, they heal her for her spear sister, and and all that. And then yeah, obviously from here on out, she has a much bigger role. So, yeah. um, so from Perrin and yeah. and. Perrin goes off. Perrin and Loyal go off with Gaul and to Gaul and Fael and to Fael and the. Maidens, two two maidens. Fael's really mean to him. Yeah, she's not. She's she's tough to get along with, I'd say. And then the girls all go off to do their thing. They go to ten. Well, Elaine and girls and many of do. So then for Rand here, he brings uh, Matt, Egwene, Avienda, Egwene. Well, oh no, Lan and Moraine. So I I was saying the Matt thing, but we'll get to Matt. And so then they he decides that because the Forsaken are making moves around him, right? One of the, he he gets word that one of the Forsaken has taken Camelin. And Ileana. Shamael is acting in Ilion, and he's like, okay. no, no, not wrong one. Samael is. Sh- Shamael's dead. Whatever. Yeah, that's what I meant. Samael. I didn't say Isham. Whatever. Samael's acting in Ilion, and then so he's like, all right, clearly they want me to go to, they want me to like act rashly, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, they want them to attack him in their home turf. Instead, he decides that he he knows he has to go to Dial Waste at some point. Like that's that's also part of the prophecy of the dragon is that. Because he's the people of the dragon. He figures out that the Aeol oh, yeah. are them. Because the Aeol tell him at the end of book three that they're the people of the dragon. He's like, all right, well, clearly this is a thing I need to deal with, so I may as well go there. And so, and then Egwene gets word that she needs to go there to learn how to... To send her a letter. Yeah, yeah, To figure out her dreams. Um, because she's a dreamwalker, and they're good at that down there. And so they all go to the Aeol Wastes. He gets they, in a portal stone. And he teleports them all there at Teleports once. them all to the Aeol Wastes. And before he leaves, he... Uh, so he tells a bunch of the tier lords because they don't like him very much because he's, he's like being a good person and like yeah. social change. He's bringing yeah, he's bringing good social change. He's making them like follow the laws as the commoners like, have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he changes so that the laws don't apply differently to lords and stuff. And like, yeah, he hangs a couple of them because they do bad things, illegal things. <laughs> and well, and a very important thing that he does, I think the most important thing before he leaves is he takes Kalandor and he stabs it into the heart of the stone where it hung. And that's like a message, and they reference it a couple times in this book and the next book. They don't talk about a lot in Lord of Chaos, obviously, because Rand's and other things. But that's like a message. Like I'm gonna come. I was here, and I'm gonna come back. Yeah. And he puts like a and he wheel and he uh weaves some like traps around it with Sidene, uh, so no one can touch it without getting like attacked, and he'll know that they touch it. So only he can pick oh. it up again. Before we sh- we should say though, before they leave, there's that. So in the basement or whatever of the Stone of Tear, they have a. Terangrial gateway. It's a gateway that takes you to a different different world where the 
snake, snake people, people live. <laughs> I, I thought we talk about that when we get to Matt. Cause that's a Matt more Matt. Well, they all do it. I, Moraine and so Moraine, him, it. and Matt all walk through this gateway, and we don't see anyone. We only see it from Matt's perspective. But basically, the way it is is that they learn three truths, or you can ask three questions, and they'll give you three answers. And so they all do that. We don't exactly, or maybe we do. I don't remember off the top of my head. We definitely don't don't know what Moraines are, but. I don't think we know what Rens are. I think they all guide. I think that's also what guides him to Rudion. He knows he got it. So they go to the Aiel Wastes, and then he meets the Aiel. So we get a lot of Aiel stuff, right? Yeah. So we don't really know much about the Aiel. Up until this up point. Up until this book. We know that they're intense fighters, and that people don't mm-hmm. like them in the, beyond the, west of the Dragon Wall? Yeah, it'd be west yeah. of the Dragon Wall, and where everybody else lives. And so we get all, all into the Aiel. So we'll probably talk about them in this, because it's all, they're most closely tied to Rand's plot. So we learn that. What? So we learned that Rand's father is a was clan, an chief. clan chief, and his mother was a wetlander who decided who came and became a sister of the spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maiden, maiden of the, the spear. spear. And so he has like a connection to the maiden of the spear, um, because there's like this thing where no maidens of the spears have ever. You can't have children, right? If you if you have a child as a maiden of the spear, you have two children. You can either leave and raise your and, child and, and and take off the spears, lay down the spears, and and just become like a not a fighter. Or you can give birth and then they take their ch- your child and like give it to someone else and you never know. And so it's like significant to them that he's come back to them and that they can know because it's like the only time you've ever known one of the children of a maiden of the spear kind of deal. Yeah, and they and they're very attached to him. Mm-hmm. They're very connected to him. So closely. they become like his his like honor guard and everything. Before he gets that, he goes uh, into Rudion. So they go to Rudion, so which is the city that the uh, they built. At the, after the Age of Legends or during the Age of Legends, I think it's from. I think it's like a ruin from the Age of Legends. Yeah, for the Age of Legends, and there's a bunch of uh, Tarenka gateways in there. That's like a big line of them. They're all over the place. But the and the whole point is that uh, anyone, any, all the women who want to be wise ones, who are like kind of who can someone that can channel. They're kind of like Aes Sedai for the Aiel. Go in there twice. But all the men who want to be chiefs go in there once. And you're only allowed to enter the city once if you're a man. And oh, but only if you're Aiel. And it's a big thing to let Rand and Matt go in there because Matt has to go because he was told to, and Rand has to go because he's like kind of being Aiel. And Moraine goes as well. Moraine goes as well because he can channel, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Or and so he goes there and he walks through all these gateways. And what the gateways do is that basically through magic, obviously, they show you your ancestors' past lives. So you just see all your ancestors' lives, like every, like back a generation, all the way back to I think the Age of Legends. Like it goes all the way back. Yeah, to it goes when- all the way. It goes all the way to. Yeah, into the Age of Legends. I think probably to when the gates were made. He sees them sealing the dark. The or no, he sees them boring both. the hole. Or he yeah, I don't think he sees them. But Seal. He sees. He literally bears witness to the to the event that was like them boring the hole into the Dark One's prison and everything, all through the eyes of like successive of his ancestors. So he learns that like the Aiel once weren't, and we. It's interesting, like narratively, it's it's a very cool sequence in the book because we get it in reverse order, like he does. So he sees. You go backwards. You don't start at the beginning and go forwards. Yeah. So, like, if you see somebody and he's talking to his dad, you'll then see his dad yeah. when he's a child. So, like, you obviously said you work backwards. And I think one of the big revelations, uh, which is, like, a, a paramount to this book, which ties in the end, is that the uh, Tuathawan and the Aiel are actually the like same. one and the same. They're one and the same. Like, the Tuathawan are the original Aiel. Yeah. And at one point, when actually one of Rand's ancestors, uh, his sister is attacked by brigands and thieves he, he kills them and his father is so distraught that he disowns him and he leaves him and all those men who help him leave and they become the aiel mm-hmm. 
and they're totally separate, which, and that's why they don't like the Tinkers. They don't allow the Tinkers in the waste or anything. Like, they there's stay like, there's away. like two events. It's like that guy, that happens, and then like later on, that guy, when he's in charge of the IEL, they leave again. And then there's like, well, I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. There's like two different yeah. splits. But yeah, basically, it's revealed that the IEL used to be, in the Age of Legends, they were like these pacifist servants to the IEL, or sorry, to the Aes Sedai. And then when the Breaking the World happened, they were entrusted with all these important Tarangrial, and they just like absconded with them. And they're like, all right, the Aes Sedai will come to us eventually, and they'll tell us what to do. And then it just like years and years pass, and they just never get that. And so eventually they have to turn to violence is kind of the idea. Yeah. And then it's gotten to the point where they don't remember that about themselves, right? It's It's been lost to history that that was even the case. And so it's like this massive burden. And at the same time, Rand goes in there, a different man goes in there attempting to become an IO clan chief, and he can't handle, he can't it. handle the knowledge. And he does. And that's what happens is like a lot of, or whatever, some certain number of men who want to become clan chiefs do not return so you have to be like of a certain will to even live survive and you're not allowed to talk about it afterwards that's, yeah. that's their other like rule yeah. even even among people who have been like if you can't like find your clan chief friend who also survived and were like hey can we talk about that and he's like no you can't say anything you just don't really speak about it because it was real we both know it was real we both know what happened we don't mm-hmm. even talk about it kind of thing what you get out of it when you're an IEL chief is you get like these red like a weird dragon tattoo on your skin it's like shiny. Yeah, it looks like metal. It's kind of it's well, it's, ma- it's like a magic metal yeah. tattoo. And Rand gets two of them, which shows that he's the dragon. Karak, Karakan. to them he's the Karakarn, who's the chief he, of chiefs. He who like comes a, with the dawn. They have so they have their own little prophecies about the about the this this figure yeah. who will yeah he will bind them all together and then he will like break them with break the leaf. So yeah, and then the conclusion of that book basically is that he gets them all together and they meet at a different in a big valley, big valley place where they they'll meet. And he reveals openly to all the Aiel that they were once peaceful and that like they that they failed in this way. And they're big about honor. The reason it's such a big deal is because they've broken an oath, and they're huge about that. They have their own like yeah, they have their own very specific value system, and they have this Giato, which is like what is it? It's honor and and obligation. Duty. It's yeah. honor and obligation is what it is. So like they have this whole system where if you shame somebody, then you you have obligation to them, and once you fulfill that obligation, your honor is good. And if you don't, then your honor is bad. And they have this whole system where, like, the most dishonorable thing you can do to a person is to touch them in battle without killing them. Like, laying hands on a person in the middle of a battle without actually hurting them. And then if you do that, that's, like, the most the most dishonorable thing you can do to a person. And so then they have the most obligation to you. They become, like, a servant for a year and a day, and they can't do any violence. And nobody, and, But then they don't talk about it. Like, once you yeah. do it, it's done. Yeah, that's the other thing at Giotto, is like, once you've served your obligation, you don't bring it up again. You can't, like, hold it over someone. Once they've once they've done, it's like it never happened. It's, a, it's an interesting whole, like, little society they have going on. Yeah. But when he does that, it's very traumatic. So a lot of the Aeol either join... There's So there's one particular uh, clan of Aeol who do not accept that. The Shido. And, and, their, and their clan chief has... They was given two. That's he's, like, a rival mm-hmm. to Rand. Because Sneaky Forsaken are there, yeah. fucking around. and So the climax is that like the Aeol are going crazy about this. And then turns out two of the people Rand had been traveling with were two of the Forsaken. Yeah, Land he gets into a Osmodian. fight with Osmodian, and he wins. And he learns how to skim. Which is like a teleport. It's not like, it's like a, not really a teleportation. It's like kind of like teleport. It's like hyperdrive. I don't know. They go into like a, you go into like a parallel realm and kind of move. You kind of come out. You kind of go like the Todash Darkness. You kind of yeah. go between worlds and you open a portal. He rips it open, he chases his Modi into Rudion, and he almost destroys the city, and then he brings all the Aeol to Rudion that are on his side. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then at the end, the blonde fear is there, and she's like, "All right, cut Asmodian off from the Dark One. He can probably just teach you." And then she leaves. Yeah. So they cut off Asmodian from the Dark One, and then she puts a shield around him so that he cannot channel fully. And then Asmodian becomes his homie, especially because it's twofold. One, it's like he doesn't have a choice because he's captive. But then because they sever his connection to the Dark One, he doesn't really have an option because he knows that if any of the Forsaken come to him or the Dark One gets his hands on him again. They'll just kill him. Yeah, they'll destroy him. So he really has... I mean, whether it's against his will or whatever, but he actually, he does actually, in truth, have to like fully throw his his lot behind Rand because it's his only chance. So then, like, Asmodeum becomes his teacher. So he gets better at channeling, so he knows exactly... They fix Rudion. They just, like, make it a normal place. And yeah, they all live there in the fifth book. So uh, and it's pretty... It's it's good. So- it's a solid book for Rand. A lot, a, lot of, a lot more stuff happened, especially going off the back of The Dragon Reborn, where Rand's hardly in it. Yeah, Rand's like a force. He does, he does a lot. And then in Fires of Heaven, obviously, it, it moves on from there, and they all, the shy, the big plot of this is that they're chasing the Shido, mm-hmm. because always that guy, they're like, you know what, Shido's like, hey, fuck you guys, we're gonna, just gonna go across Dragon Wall and kill everybody, we don't care. And they're like, well, can't let him do that, and so they chase him across. And I would say the other big thing in this book for Brand is that his relationship with Avienda develops. Yes, Avienda is, uh, she's a spear maiden, obviously, she becomes a wise yeah. one, she can channel. And she becomes a wise one. She can channel, which is important, and she's one of the three... That Rand's she's, one of, she's one of Rand's three girlfriends. Yeah. That was prophesized. But she's just real mean to him all the time. Yeah. So she's got an ideal temperament about her, which just means mean. They're a lot of, they're all kind of mean. <laughs> they're just mean to him for kind of reason. Especially the maidens. It's like the big thing that's repeated is that they treat him like either basically depending on the age of the respective maiden in question, they either treat him like a brother or like a child. Or like a yeah, a child they have to dot on. And it's very annoying for him. Yeah, because he could just kill them all with a thought, because he's the the dragon. Yeah. And let's see. Then in Fires of Heaven, obviously he goes, he gets the dragon wall, like I said, and they cross and he goes to Kyrian. They chase the, uh, yep. the Shido all the way all to Kyrian. Where they do a big battle. They do a big battle. And it ends up with them winning, obviously. And Rand takes control of Kyrian. And he's attacked by Samuel during the, fa- during the fight. He lives, but he's attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he collapses and all that. And then Rand's like real mad about it. He's like, ooh, Samuel, I got to get him. But he's like establishing his rule in Kyrian. Oh, then I guess the other big thing is that he's becoming so basically for all of book four there he's not very trusting of moraine um he he not really fucking with acid eye at the moment and then towards the beginning of five he he gets her to just fully commit to him is like and like swear him an oath that she will like she's just trying to help him she's not trying to like manipulate him for acid eye purposes she just wants to help him because he needs to be successful to save the fucking world so for that whole book she's teaching him basically politics i guess is the big thing like she's teaching him what he needs to know about the world and the peoples of the world and like all these different countries and what he has to do and like what they're like. She's teaching him all these little tips and all. And then after they've t- taken Kyrian, she gets kind of weird and it turns out that she knows this because it was shown to her in that gateway in Rudion. And she knows that she's about to die and they come to blows with Lanfear who rolls up because Lanfear has learned that Bran slept with Avienda. Avienda and she doesn't take kind of that because she's still like obsessed with him and in love with him. They have a big fight, and Maureen kills her, seemingly. And tackles her into a portal, and they disappear. And they both disappear. The, I think, the, doesn't that Gilly explode or something? Yeah. So they can't so get him can follow or anything. Yeah. And then he's pissed. He's pissed about, it turns out that the Forsaken and Camelin has appeared to kill Margaze. Yeah, and took him over. He's Ravine. But he's Elaine's, Elaine's mom, which he doesn't like, because he's a fan of Elaine, so he doesn't care for that. And then they, they roll up, and he there's a big fight. The climax of that book... Well, there's kind of two, because I like the big fight, the big battle, but then there's also kind of that fight, which is neat. 
It's a lot a little more action packed, I would say. Oh yeah. He he, he goes to Camelon with a bunch of he skims there with a bunch of you and Matt and Asmodi and Avienda. And then he gets there and Ravine's put traps in and just shoots them all with lightning and mm-hmm. kills Matt, Avienda, and Asmodian just immediately. Like, chars him to death. Like, almost unrecognizable. And he gets, he runs like, oh, yeah, but then- Ravine! And then they chase him into the dream world and then he kills him with Balefire, which is like reference to the beginning of the book because it erases you from existence. We have, they introduced Balefire pretty, how early? I guess maybe book three. Book three. And then book Asmo- five. Uh, he- book three, Moraine uses Balefire. Rand uses Balefire accidentally. Yeah, yeah. And so does Nynaeve, right? They she, all no, use she's, she uses it with the uh, Terran girl she finds in. Because the Terran girl makes Bellfire. Okay. So she uses it with the... Well, she uses the the thing. And she then, doesn't make it herself. It's not really... And yeah, so Moraine and Rand use Bellfire to kill Ishamayel in book three. But we don't really get an explanation of it until this book. Where Moraine tells him that what it does is it undo... It kills you, but it like wipes you from the pattern. It doesn't just kill you. Yeah, you don't just die because there's something left behind. You disappear, and depending on the strength of it and, like, how controlled you are about it, it doesn't just erase you now. It erases the things you've done through time. In the past. Because you never existed. Yeah, so it's like, I guess in a very small sense it would be, okay, you don't exist anymore. But you never Depending how strong it is, it's you didn't exist even a week ago. You didn't exist a month ago. And so using it, he's able to bring them back because when he kills... Ravine with the Balefire, they come back because it's like he was never alive to do that. Mm-hmm. But they talk about how they used it in the World of Power. Everyone used, was using it because, of course, you would because it's super effective. But then uh, literal cities were popping out of existence and like the world as they know it was falling apart because the yeah. pattern was being torn to shreds. And they both, un- like, un- like unbeknownst to the other, were like, we're just not going to use it anymore. It's very bad. And they both agree not to use it. And even actually up until like even this most recent book, the Forsaken are like, we're not going to use it because it's fu- like we could fuck shit up. Like mm-hmm. if we destroy the world, if we can't rule of the world being all evil and stuff, if there's no world to rule, kind of thing. So they can't break the world really like that. So moving on to book six, at the end of book five, actually, one of the big things at the end of book five also is that they talk about a false dragon Mazarin time who escapes from the Aes Sedai and is on the run. At the end of the book, some Borderlands guys catch him and they're like, "Hey, Rand, you and Camelin, as you just took over." We have him. He's like, actually, bring him to me and tell, make a, I'll make a decree. Everyone who can channel, all the guys who can channel, come to me and I'll protect you from the Aes Sedai and they won't hurt you. So this next book starts, book six. And as Bodian is killed, his teacher is... Oh yeah, he's just fucking killed. They're just so straight up murdered. Book uh, book six for Rand, it's not a lot. Fr- like, frankly, when you lay it all out, not a ton happens in, no. in the runtime. It's a lot of him managing the countries he has. So he's got Camelin now, so, and thus Andor. He's got Tyr and he's got Kyrian, all... All under control. And so yeah. it's a lot of him... He, well, he also learns how to travel now, which is just direct teleportation. Yeah, he opens a portal and he walks through. Um, I think he learns that from Ravine, right? When he goes to the dream world. When he sees Ravine do it, it's one of those things where you see someone do it and now you can do it. Yeah, because you see the other channels it. But most of it's just him politicking around for a while. Yeah, and the, the most uh, intense stuff he does is, like I said, with Mazarin, because he meets him in the beginning and he's like, hey, why don't we just team up? Like, yeah. why don't you just train... I've gathered all these guys together who can channel in this farm off, like, a little way from the city. Train them all. Make 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 me an army of male channelers. And he's like, yeah. And so Mazarin learns how to chant... Learns traveling and just starts collecting guys and they make the Black Tower, which are a direct opposite of the White Tower. And Rand names all the ranks. He makes the soldiers who are novices, the dedicated who are accepted, and the Ashaman who are the Aes Sedai. Or guardians. God, yeah, that's, that's what that word means. I don't know how you refer to them then, because they usually call like Moraine Sedai. Is it just like Rand Amen? I guess so. 
Weird. I wish it was a different word. It doesn't <laughs> flow very well. But. And then um, and then the other big thing for him in this book is that he's dealing with... So the tower breaks in season... Or in book four. And then... So now he's dealing with two embassies from both like the rebel Aes Sedai and the real Aes Sedai. Or well, the tower Aes Sedai, whatever. And they're just... They're just shenaniganing him. He's just... De- they're just... They're very annoying to deal with. Yeah. They all have their own motives. You know, he's just trying to save the world. They all just want to steal him. Well, the tower people just want to steal him or gentle him because they don't like him. Basically, what happened, the rebel Aes Sedai push him too far, and then he flees back to Kyrian, where the tower Aes Sedai are, and then they get sick of <laughs> waiting on him, and they don't they don't like that he isn't just doing what they say already, and so they just take him by force, they shield him from the one source, they bind him, and they leave with him. <laughs> put him in a, literally put him in a box. Put him in a box and walk away with him. <laughs> and then, big rescue at the end. Yeah. And the payoff to that is that, um, turns out the Shadow were there, they also wanted to get Rand, because... They think that if they just get him, then they're in charge now. <laughs> I don't know how that. I don't know how they thought that was going to go work for them. Yeah, basically the um, what's her name? But the the leader wise one, the leader wise one for them, who was the widow of the last clan chief and now the widow of <laughs> Kuladin. She decides she wants to marry him. I don't know how. Again, I don't know how she's going to work that. But and then it turns out at the same time that his friends, Dael and Perrin and Loyal, all roll up to save him. The Shido will also roll up to kill him, or take him for themselves or whatever. And there's a big, like, three-way kind of battle. And then the Black Tower shows up and... Eviscerates Essentially, they just, yeah, they just lay waste. They, because they are un, unhindered by the Oath Rod, they have no such oath to use the one power in a way that kills men. Um, they just can. <laughs> they and just kill they the just and lay waste to a field of like thousands even beyond that like mazarin has been training them to fight like yeah. they're not trained to like heal people like it's not like oh the the green aja or like the blue aja who are secret yeah, and the red, they, yeah they're, they're not, not reading books they're not learning politics they're not learning logic or they aren't learning healing they're yeah, just they're learning not gonna how to blow shit up they're just soldiers in, yeah. in the war against the dark one and also against the shadow i guess <laughs> i mean hey throw them all in and then little column a little column b he gets he 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 has no such sympathy for the uh, the tower. I said I would try to get him. Those, no. They're all either stilled or shielded. The ones who aren't already just dead, or f- I guess maybe some of them flee. And it's it's not really clear. But then the the rebel I said I were like, oh yeah, Rand. So we're gonna hang out now, right? He's done with it. He's done with the politics. He's done with the the, the guffin and Jeffin. game of shadows, or the game of houses, whatever this nonsense. He's done with all like their subtle maneuvering, and he's like, all right, listen, you either just just. Bend the knee and totally swear, field swear fealty to me right now, or I'll just steal you. Or yeah, you can just be prisoners too. I'm 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 tired of this. I don't have enough time. The <laughs> Tarman Guidance coming, fellas. Like it's <laughs> guys, it's coming. The fact that I'm here right now, getting as far as I am, it means it's coming soon. And he does. Yeah, and I so think- Rand's big thing for these three books, if we had to collect it, right, is that he's becoming more hard. Is the way they describe it. He's going it. based. He's getting hard. He's getting, like, yeah, he's losing his sympathy. He's losing his, like, his humanity. Innocence. His innocence. Because he has to unite the world through conquest and then fight the war <laughs> against the Dark Fight one. Satan and his armies. <laughs> so he's slowly but surely losing his, like, patience for all, like, the niceties of it. He's got to bend the world to his will so that he can use them as a weapon against yeah the literal satan <laughs> and so it's all about how in between and i help him with this because they are also like yeah they're also ruthless in their own right in their own way and yeah so it's about him getting more like hard and strong and strong-willed and so it's like it's like all those influences on him right it's just the duty like the sense of what he has to do 
it's like the prophecy unfolding in front of him makes it so that he can't avoid it. He can't avoid it any longer. He can't like try to, yeah, like not believe. And then Moraine's teaching him how to be a politician and she explicitly tells him that he can't trust people anymore. And then it's also the influence of Luz Theron. The previous dragon is like a disembodied like entity in his mind who can speak to him and, and channel try to influence him is maybe going making him go mad also just the influence of Sidine is he's going to go mad sooner or later and it may already be starting yeah it's it, it's hard to say and an interesting point is that Mazarin has not gone crazy yet is the big thing because he mm. he's the he's the only one who hasn't he's been doing it for like a decade and he hasn't gone crazy but Rand is so it's interesting to see where that goes so moving on from Rand We'll go to so Matt. Let's just do Matt real quick because he's yeah. so. So he's basically with Rand for the whole, all the, the entire post. time. So he goes to he does his own little journey and he learns. Or when he goes through the portal in Tear, he learns that he must go to Rudion. He has to go to Rudion to die and be born again. Right? He gets yeah. the whole prophecy for himself. Like he has to marry the daughter. And of the they nine tell him moons. he'll marry the daughter of the nine moons. He burns all his questions though. He burns all his questions poorly. He thinks he has them ready. He's like, all right, I got my questions ready. And he doesn't use them right. Because they, they say one thing that throws him off. And he's like, yep. why'd you say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? And they're just like, oh, that's a question. Uh, it counts as two. He's like, oh, shit. So then he goes to Rudion with Rand because they told him he has to. And he goes through the other one there. But there he meets the Fox people instead. Can we talk about the Fox people? Jack, yeah. I'm not in touch with the Fox people. <laughs> yeah. Late on me. Why are there fox people? It's it is. I said this to you at the time. It's like, where did this come from? Why it comes out of left field? Randomly, like, like disembodied snake and fox people. They have to come back, of course. I think yeah. sooner or later. To, well, to when we get to parents, stuff, we'll probably talk about how they may come back. It's strange that they're just like it's the fox people and the snake people. You know, answer your thing question. we all know. We all know. <laughs> if you enter the portal from the Age of Legends, you talk to the snake people and the fox people. He they, goes to Fox people thinking it works like the snake people, which is a fool's choice because they're mm, not snakes. No. Uh, only a fool would think that. Didn't he go to the classes? <laughs> so he thinks they're going to answer his questions, right. and they, they don't. And he a- they ask specifically to ask him, can you fill the gaps in my memory that the dagger left? Because the dagger ate his brain away, and he mm-hmm. doesn't remember. And they go, sure, what's your prize? And he goes, I don't care. They go, they go, good enough for us. And then they hang him from a tree. Well, he, he asks for three things. He asks for the for memory. The, the gaps in his memory to be filled. He asks to be free from the influence of Aes Sedai, and he asks for... Something about the spear. No, I don't think it is. I don't remember the third thing, but whatever. <laughs> and so then, yeah, then they're like, all right, well, what's your price? And he's like, whatever. And so, so like, they, they send him back to Rion, <laughs> hanging from a tree. And, they, and, they, just, his and they just give him a cool spear that's yeah. like the, the best spear they could have. They're like, hey, we got this liner. Let's hang from a tree with it. So it's like it's like some genie magic because they don't... They fill his the gaps in his memory, but not with his memories, with... A bunch of all, all other people's memories from dozens of other people from history, centuries prior, like like untold, like dozens of of different men's memories who were great commanders and leaders of men throughout history. And so he comes to, and he's got a amulet that can stop people from channeling him on him with against him, whatever. Yeah, we found out it like literally dissolves the cha- the weaves. Yeah. The weaves disappear. You cannot you cannot channel it on him. And then, yeah, the, the the implement that they were hanging him from was this spear. That's a power forged spear that can't be broken and everything. It's a it's a sick power forged stuff. And so then from then on, Big Matt's just like a uh, big general guy. And he keeps speaking in the old tongue. Oh yeah, and yeah, he can speak fluently in the old tongue. Yeah, both him and both him and Rand are like, are we going crazy? We got guys in our heads. Yeah, and he maybe has luck luck magic. Yeah, probably. he's had luck magic the whole time though. So. Yeah, but he's like. It's like a he's like a, he's like feel the luck magic. You can he's feel got, it. Got he dice, in, dice his head. in his head. And so then when it comes to the battle of Kyrian in book five, Matt is actually 
turns out to be integral. Yeah, he tries to run away. So he, he tries to run. He's sick of it. Yeah. He's had enough. And he's like, Matt, or he's like, Rand, I'm leaving. And Matt's, and Rand's like, oh, yeah, you can leave. I never said he couldn't leave. Parent left. Parent's not, not in this book. <laughs> and so he tries to leave. But on doing so, he like, on his way out, the battle's already begun. And he stumbles upon some soldiers. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Don't you see all these Aiel in the, in the hills around you? They're going to kill you. You're going to die horrible deaths. And so he basically forcibly takes charge of these guys and he leads them to victory. And then throughout the day, as the battle's raging, he keeps trying to get away from the battle. And because he's Taviran, he keeps finding himself in the midst of another battle. And because he has luck magic, he keeps winning that battle. Because he has luck magic and the memories of untold <laughs> heroes in his mind, he can win. And he keeps doing this and he keeps building up more, <laughs> more soldiers behind him and more victories until eventually he meets Kuladin on the field. And slays him in single combat. And cuts his head off with his big spear. And wins the battle for Rand, basically. Yeah. And then Rand's like, all right, you're, you're my general. And all the men he's gathered throughout the day decide they're going to follow him, follow to, the him to the end. The Band of the Red Hand? Yeah, the Band of the Red Hand. Lords from Tyr and Kyrian who are well above him in position because he really is just a farm boy from the Two Rivers. They're like, now nah, we're throwing it with you. You're a lord now. It's, it's, I'm, it's one of my favorite scenes in the book. So like, even if you weren't the Lord Dragonsman, oh, we'd follow you. You're great, Lord Matt. He's he did like, real good. He's like, I hate. You saved all of our lives. He's like, I hate this so much. Please go away. I want to Because he just home. doesn't want to. He's got a ideal girlfriend who turns out to be a. And she's a dark friend. A Satanist. <laughs> and he has to kill her. It's so. a real shame. He's like, oh, God, I got to kill my girlfriend. That sucks. So then Rand points him towards Tyr because he's like, I got a plan. Matt. Oh, Ilium. Or yeah, Ilion. Well, Ilion. Tyr and then to Ilion. He right. needs to get to Tyr so that he they get... think the attack is coming from Tyr. He's trying to trick Samael. Because um, he's having Matt come from Tyr. And from Kyrian to Tyr. And then the Aiel come from just Kyrian to hit mm -hmm. him with... He, they reference the biggest hammer he can. Because he's got mm -hmm. all these guys. Like, I'm just going to hit him with three nations and the Aiel worth of people. And crush Ilion. But then it doesn't go that way because Rand gets... He switches his he minds. When he finds where the rebel Aes Sedai are, he diverts Matt to go... Get a pick lane. up his girlfriend. Bring but his then, other girlfriend to pick up his other girlfriend. But then when he gets there, they don't. They're not into it. They don't want to go with him, and so he's just poor Matt. Poor Matt doesn't get to choose anything for himself anymore. No, Taviran, man. So yeah, I really like. Um, I really liked. I mean, I liked the Matt. I was kind of indifferent on Matt until book three, and then I really liked his stuff in book three. I was like, this, this oh, yeah. is great. Well, I mean, for those first two books, he's possessed by evil That's Satan. True. He's not doing much, and then. Yeah. This stuff, I was like, Matt's Matt's awesome. He's probably my favorite of the three boys. I mean, Rand does get the most going on. I mean, he's the he's the main sort of character. Yeah, he's the guy. But he's great in this. And then again, yeah. So he his developments in this is all about he's good at war. So he's like, and he's way better at war than Rand because everything else with Rand, right? He's not. He doesn't know war. Right? No. Like he's powerful. He's really good with a sword. But he he doesn't have enough time to learn all this stuff for himself. He just doesn't. Right. Like it's coming up. He needs to learn how to be individually powerful. He needs to have people around him who can lead and do the work for and, him and be good at soldiering and all that. So that's where that's where Matt feels now. Yeah, he's got his red hand and he's and he's doing swell. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and and right right at the end of this book, they end up in Abu Dhar because they force him to go there. And he meets a man who mentions the daughter of the nine moons to him, and he chokes. And he's like, "You know what I'm talking about?" And he's like, oh, "I couldn't possibly." <laughs> and in the epilogue, the guy's like. Hmm, the daughter of the nine moons, quite an omen. So that'll probably be in the next three books. Uh, so I still think the daughter of the nine moons has to be a. I think probably the, the Empress of the Shan Shan. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because it's some they're, they're the Shan Shan are the court of the nine moons or whatever. So. Yeah, it's definitely that. Which maybe he'll stop them doing magic slavery. Yeah. You'd hope. I'd hope it's no good. I think I think they're gonna bring the Shan Shan around. <laughs> I mean, they gotta. That, yeah. That's the whole world. They kind of gotta bring them in. They were to leave the Shan Shan yeah. out of the fight with the dark. Especially because they got those flying dragon dinosaur fucking things whatever those are oh yeah they do 
Ooh. Got like weird beasts. Oh yeah. So then Prod Perrin round out the three, the three Tavirian uh, boys. Three. So Perrin's got a lot less because he's out. He for doesn't the whole do book. much for any of the. Well, yeah, past past book five, he's not in book six at all, and he's not no, no, much he's in. in no, he's in book. F- or sorry, he's not in book five at all, and he's not much in book six. Yeah, he's but. at the end of book six. Uh, book so f- he leaves to go join the because they get word that the two rivers, <coughs> they get word that the two rivers are under attack by the White Cloaks. And they, yeah, and so he takes loyal because he can use the way ga- uh, the ways. And he takes Fael because she wants to go, and he takes Gaul, and then Fael takes the two main spirit we talked about, and they head to two rivers. And when they get there, he's like, hey, Master Luan, or no, he- Well, first we, they meet up with two Aes Sedai. Right. With Varen and Alana. Who are there. We've met Varen, obviously, because she's in Varen, book yeah. two. Who and, are there because- no, we, no, actually, they don't meet up with them first. They meet up with Egwene's parents, and then we learn that parents' family has been killed oh, by yeah. the White Cloaks. And then they tell him about the Aes Sedai. That's yeah. true. But still- the point is they link up with these Aes Sedai who are there to look for Wimnook and Channel because when they learn that Moraine has brought th- two of the most powerful Channelers in generations and three Taviran from this one village. And like, the dragon. And the, yeah, well, yeah, one of whom is literally the dragon reborn. They're like, maybe there's something to this. So they're looking. Basically, Perrin just, he just takes charge. Turns out there's also a massive army of Trollocs there. They're using the ways to get through despite the black wind that mm-hmm. eats them. And so... He kind of, be- partially because he's Taverian and partially because he's just a naturally swell guy. And because now that he's been out for a couple books, he has more, he's more worldly. He's got more experience going on. Mm-hmm. He, um, he kind of just takes charge and he leads them in defense and they fight a big battle and they, they win because yeah. he, because he brings everyone from all like the surrounding villages and everything. Um, and, and makes, they, yeah, they build fortifications they win. and stuff. And he, uh, they, he's Lord, uh, Perrin Goldeneyes. And they, yeah, they take to call him Lord Perrin and then eventually they just, they just fully commit and he's just the Lord now. Yeah. And he they marries Fayil. Choose him essentially. Yeah. They elect him democratically. I like that moment in, um, and it comes up. So then in book six, when he's, he meets Fayil's dad and he's like, oh, sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a real Lord. I'm just kind of, and he's like, well, he's like, I don't like you very much, frankly. Okay. <laughs> you but married that's my daughter. Not why. Listen, that doesn't even bother me in the slightest. Here's the thing about this. Every Lord ever was once just a yeah, real tough dude who just killed some people or whatever. <laughs> Took control on his own. He's just a schmuck who decided to do something important. He's literally, he's, yeah. Which I was like, that is a cool moment. And that's true. And then he also says the opposite. He's like, and there are some people who claim that their families were king and queens from Arthur Pendragon. Yeah. So like, it just goes yeah, up and exactly. down. This, I, I, he's like, I knew a woodworker once who claimed that his ancestors were kings and queens once. Doesn't do him any good. So that's a cool moment. And that's like yeah. an interesting through line through this whole show, uh, this whole series, I think. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter where you come from. Yeah, another thing with Perrin in the Two Rivers, we, he learns more about uh, how the wolves just have dream magic. So he meets yeah. Hopper in the dream world because he can he can go there because he's kind of to the wolves. He's a wolf brother. And in it, he sees this big tower. And Hopper's like, don't go in that tower. It's real bad. Don't go in there. And he's like, why? And there's a woman who stands there who... Do we know who that woman is? Is she... So she's a woman who's talking to him who the, the wolf can't... Popper can't see but just chills out because Perrin talks to nobody. Very strange. And she's like, don't... This is where all like the world sit... Like I, we assume the wolf, the, the wolves, the fox and the snake people are in that tower somewhere. Yeah, like in a level. In that tower, the fox and wolf people, snake people, snake people. Yeah, the snake. And, yeah, yeah. So I we assume our predictions. I'll you know, look for next book for the next going on. Probably towards the end is that Perrin's gonna go into the dream world maybe for real, like uh, Slayer does later on. Who's killing I think wolves? I can't, is it the same or is it a different world? Is the is Talion 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 Reoid? Whatever it's called, Talion Reoid. Is that the same as the wolf dream, or are they different? I think they're kind of different. No, I think they're the same, because Egwene sees do you? him. No, because Egwene sees Perrin, oh, she's yeah, in it, remember? Point. She's like, is that Perrin in the, in the dream? How can he do that? 
They had that little bit of lore that when a wolf dies, he just goes and lives in the wolf dream for a while until he's born again. Like, so the, I guess like the humans. wolves are spun out like humans in the pattern, which is kind of Man, it sucks to be anything else. And then, after he's been chilling for a whole book, and they've really established the two rivers as like a solid little little fiefdom, um, he gets to roll out to meet up with Rand again, because he knows he's got to... You can feel, he feel, the, feel the pull on. It's like, oh, Rand's pulling on me, and I'm pulling back at him. And <laughs> me and Rand are tugging on each <laughs> other. And Matt's going to be there, and we're going to tug on each other. All three of us are going to tug on each other in a circle. <laughs> and his wife's like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> and so then they, uh, it turns out it's important that he was there, because he's the one who leads the charge to save save the boy, save, save oh, Rand yeah. at the end. And yeah, it's very good. And uh, one of the, they kind of have a strife thing, because immediately once Perrin shows up, Rand has not seen his friend in months. It's for yeah. a second, and he goes, actually, parent, do me a favor. Go to Tyr and run things there He's for like, a bit. Oh, buddy. Oh, you got married. I'm so happy for you guys. P- parent, we go to Tyr. I have these plans. I got so many plans. I got these machinations. <laughs> you, 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 you're you, one of only four men who know. You know the whole truth. You need to know the truth. We need to take them. We need to take them. He's like, you, are you well, Rand? He's like, Rand, I just got here, bro. He's like, yeah, it's it's fine. It's great. So, I guess, yeah, it's going to be the, the, the triumvirate. Well, I guess Matt's gone now, but for the a while. Duo. Yeah, the duo, duo is good for a while. It's clear that like they're fully committed now, and Perrin's like, "Yeah, I, I gotta gotta do what I gotta do." He's been that way since the beginning, though. He's like, "I, I need, I know Rand needs my help." He's been the least Matt's all flighty. He's, he's like, th- "I want to leave." He's still the reluctant hero because Perrin was the one who got forced into being magic first. Yeah, and Matt has been the last one, so he's got to come along. Because Perrin, once Perrin starts talking, he's like, "Well, I guess I'm I'm a wolf guy now. I, it's just how my life is." And every point Rand brings up, I thought was funny. It is like, what happened to Perrin? Because I saw him, and then we got separated. At Shadar Logoth, and then I saw him again. He had golden eyes and was real sad, and he wouldn't tell me what was going on. I don't know what was happening. He's that is the thing about him. He has not confided in literally anyone yet. Yeah, about nobody, the wolf nobody knows. Not his wife. Not Rand. The only one who knew was Moraine because she just recognized it for what it was, and he couldn't. I mean, and couldn't land lie to her about it. Yeah, and land because they just knew. Like you think he couldn't lie to them about it, but he hasn't actually told anyone. But so like that'll be interesting. I, he's gotta do that sooner or later. He's gotta just tell them. Yeah, because you get so many moments where he's like he can see something from far away and hear them or smell them, either directly or like he's been told by the wolves where something is, and then everyone's like, "How you? How you know that? Oh, you got good eyesight, do you? He's fucking like, weirdo. He's like, I got great eyesight. <laughs> great. Frankly, it's it's excellent because he hears somebody and then man, Rob, man will be like, yeah, and like three seconds later, the he, he hears he hears the footsteps. Like, mm-hmm. It's very good. And so, was, yeah. hopefully he doesn't leave for a whole book again. Yeah, I think he's I think he's good now. I think yeah. I think he'll be leading some fellows in the next book. I think Robert Jordan's like, well, I, he's in the, I can't I can't have anything bad happen to Perrin. I gotta give him somewhat of a happy ending for a yeah. book and then have him Because come back. it turned out they this book does not actually have the attack on Elion at all. I I'm gonna have to assume that hopefully next book it actually pays off. So I think Perrin will be leading some men again. Probably yeah. another big battle this next book. Yeah. Perrin's got that good thing where he's like, Why do these guys always like talking to me? So, yeah. really His big thing is I guess from the across these is that he is, is has become a leader of men. Yeah. And he's got a wife who's a very difficult. We talked about we talked a little on the show. His big thing with the two out the one. That's why he gets introduced to them is his violence. He's like, I don't like doing violence, but I'm just gonna do violence. And I gotta leave. He him. lets it out. He lets that wolf out. Yeah. And then also dealing with in laws. Yeah. He's indeed. the only one to deal with in laws. So he's the only one got married so far. So then let's do. So Egwene is separate from the other two girls. This whole book. Yeah. So Egwene, like Matt, is very is tied pretty closely to Rand up until like yeah. the end of book six. She's um, not doing a whole ton. Yeah, on training. Back half. Mostly off-screen training. So yeah, really. She meets up with the wise ones, and they train her, and they teach her the ways of the Aiel, and they make her a little more tough and like resilient because of their ways. They she becomes more willful. She comes into her own as like a woman, basically, because yeah. through their tutelage, which is cool. She's become much more of like a 
a solid like willful character she's the Ayul even say that the, she basically has the heart of an Ayul now yeah. and like she's her own kind of person which is cool and then she's like you can come back and just hang out with us forever if you want mm-hmm. we'll accept you no matter what and so that's basically really is she helps Rand during the battle of Kyrian but for the most part she's just training and learning and she's communing with uh not even Elaine through the dreams, but that's kind of it until book back six. half of book six when the I the I said I suddenly call her. So the I said I in exile are the ones who are like, you got to come back. And that's who they've allied with, I see. So at that point, not even Elaine have already allied with them. They've all decided, fuck Elida, they're going to hang out. Yeah. So they call her back and she's like, I got to leave. And they're like, hey, you know what thing is? You already pretty much learned most of what you can teach you. You got to go. And she has to she has to meet her toe because she lied to them about being a full I said I. And they flagellate her in a circle for a while. Yeah, she's naked. It's pretty rough, but she meets it. And they're all like... She never breaks until they all they all agree. Yeah. Which is cool. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful moment for her, mm. and like her development. And, and then, that's, that's when they're like, you're all good. And so then she when she gets to Sally Daughter, where the SNI and Exile... We get, we should probably talk about how she gets there. Yeah, she, she, so just, she, she goes through into the dream, dream world. world physically. And then because she's in the dream world, she can kind of manipulate it. And so she just rides there really, really fast. And then once she's there, she just leaves the dream world and pops up. And everyone's like, you got it really fast. What the fuck? How'd you get her so fast? Because she thinks they're mad at her because they, she thinks they've also learned that she was lying about being a full Aes Sedai, which is not a, it's a big no-no. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, well, I got to get there as fast as I can. They're going to get even more angry. But it turns out they want her there because she's to become the new Armorland seat, which is, that, that was a cool sequence. I yeah. really liked. I liked like knowing the lore behind how that all works and like all the detail. And they're like, "All right, here's what." It's a very specific process of like, "All right, you gotta do this and then this." I'm gonna say this. You say that, and then you wash my feet. You gotta wash their feet. All right. If they don't wash your feet, you go back in the circle. You do another. Do another lap. Do another lap. Wash the feet again. All right. Do another lap. Wash the feet again. If they don't like like you after the third feet washing, we gotta we gotta reconvene at a later date. <laughs> we'll push it back. We'll meet on Tuesday. I'm gonna say this. You say that. All right. When they tell you... Now repeat that back to me. What did I just say? <laughs> and then she's just the new Amarillan seat. She's in charge of the Aes Sedai in exile. And she raises uh, Elaine and Nynaeve to uh, full Aes Sedai from Accepted because that's their thing they haven't been allowed to be yet because they they, they're all like, we got to do the test. We got to put them to that portal again. So yeah, basically the logic is, and and we kind of knew this was coming because Swan Sanche plants a seed in the last in book five. She's like, it should be someone young. So that we can fucking manipulate them because we're shitty. We're shifty like that. And clearly they can't pick Nynaeve because Nynaeve is, one, too willful and, and stubborn. Also can't really channel yet. She hasn't broke through her mental block. And Elaine they clearly don't want to use because they need Elaine to be the Queen of Andor, the queen of Andor and, and use her influence that way. So they're like, all right, we'll pick a Gwen. She's really powerful. She's maybe, she's, you know, up there as far as the most powerful Aes Sedai that we and, have right now. And she's probably the best channeler out of the three exactly, yeah. women that they're considering because A, she doesn't have that block like Nynaeve, yeah. and she can use the dream world and stuff. Her and Elaine are the two most powerful Aes Sedai in a thousand years, second only to Nynaeve herself, so then it's, a, it's an obvious choice because not that the Amarlin needs to be powerful, but all those things together, they pick her and now she's Amarlin and she's yeah. navigating that. We talked about this. Anyone who isn't Rand... The plot points in book six kind of fizzle out, but yeah. basically they're moving towards Tarvalon and they're going to forcibly the take the tower back. So there's presumably going to be a battle at Tarvalon as well between her forces and Elida's. And they probably can just kill each other because I don't think the Oathrod forbids oh, yeah. that. Can I said I kill each other with the power? I guess they can. Maybe there'll be a big I said I fights. That'd be pretty cool. I said I duels. Or maybe they'll just be like, all right, let's just kill the orders. You know what? Fair enough. We're gonna go. <laughs> They'll just talk about it. All right, fine. Because well, she wants to. She does want to unite with as little bloodshed as possible. Yeah, she's got a big army. Let's talk, actually. Let's talk about that. A little, little deviant. So I didn't ever now, but let's do men. 
real quick. So she doesn't. She's not doing much, right? So at the no. end of book, her beginning, very beginning of book three, Moraine sends Min to the tower to what? Check up on everything. To yeah, to bring news to Swan Sanche about what's going down. And while she's there, she sees a bunch. They of keep her around because of her visions and they disguise her as like a different individual and give her 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 old name she's a different name. yeah because otherwise they'd all remember her from when she was there before so they give her a new name and they use her as like a spy and like a being able to bring get all those readings and once she's there she sees like a, something traumatic happening very soon in the dark or in the tower well i don't know i guess she has no concept of how soon it is but she sees a lot of various individuals in the tower i said i and warders and in the Amarlin and everyone that something bad's gonna pop off, and then it obviously turns out to be a coup. The coup where they they unseat Swan uh, and Swan, her, and they still put her. Elida in her cha- in her place. Yeah, and they still Elida, or they sorry, they still Swan, and they still the keeper who's Alana, right? right? Nope, Alana's not. It's like L something. It's like Leon or something. Oh yeah, Le- Liana. Is it Liana? Yeah, something like that. And they and escape then with she Logan. escapes with them, and the, yeah, they bring Log- they meet Logan on the way, and they bring him too. Yeah. And so that's actually one of my little favorite little subplots in book five yeah, cause is their plot. So they come in the beginning, they come upon their, they find themselves in Garth Brynn's land and they accidentally burned down a barn because, well, I don't even know accident, but Logan burns down a barn to like cover their escape, but they get captured anyways. And so then they make this promise. They're like, Garth Brynn, we'll do whatever you want, but they're just lying. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she just intends to break it. But then Garth Brynn, for whatever reason, partially because he's like, seems to be kind of have fallen for her in a very brief amount of time partially because he's feeling he's working through his own feelings of like man i had a purpose and then queen Margay's just sent me away i don't know how to deal with that and i'm yeah. i feel old and useless so he's like you don't fuck it and they, she, he chases her across the world at the ends of the earth which is a really cool, i like his whole all his little parts where he's like you know what we're going anyways and and at some point they're like hey uh lord garth they're 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 still going it's it's been like a thousand miles. Are we still team going? And he's just like, "Yep, we can't Drug stop. It. I gotta then, get her." And then eventually they meet up with the rebel Aes Sedai. He kind of comes there. to them at the same time that they get there. Yeah. And so they're like, "You know what? She made an oath to you. She's got to keep that oath." But also, we're gonna use you because we're Aes Sedai and shitty. Do you're one of the say. great. You're one of the great captains of the world. You want to train our army. You want to lead our army. And he's like, "Yeah, I got nothing better to do." And so between him and then the Sean or the Shine Armands and uh, everyone, he, he he's making an army. They're making a go of it. Oh yeah, so that's the mar- that's the army that's marching on Tarvalin, the White Tower. Yeah, and with Matt's army too. Yeah, they the got half the Red Hand get there too. So yeah. they're really they're they're pretty pretty sweet force. And uh, to circle back to Egwene, her big thing at the end of the book is that she hurt with she confides in Swan. And she's like, all right, we're gonna release Logan because they're just gonna gentle him again, and he's very angry. Like he mm-hmm. because it's revealed that the Red Sisters found him told him to call himself the dragon, like tricked him into doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, then we're like, we got him. We got him guys. We found him. Ooh. All to pump up their own tires. It feels like. Yeah. And he's, he's like, well, we could just steal this boy, but if we, if we hype him all up and make him out to be a scary dragon and, and cause so discord and then we catch him, it feels more impressive. Doesn't it? So then let's do, I guess Elaine and Nynaeve are the big last big one. So they go to Tanchico in book four, which is kind of like whatever. I don't like their plot Frankly, very much. They don't do much. They go with Tom and Julian. And they, yeah, they bring Tom and Julian with them, They which do is fun because well, I like those boys. I so. really, like they do, this happened a couple times uh, in these books where they do the plot where they're in a place and they just live in a hotel and every day they leave the hotel to try to find a key in a sea of, in a big city. And they're like, well, we didn't find the key today. Let's go to sleep and try again tomorrow. And it's what like, they're looking for in t- yeah, it's it's. Really, it's very similar to their plot in 
book six, which I, I agree, I don't care for. Because in this one, they're looking for the, a, a dom. A, yeah, an eye dom that can work on a man. Yeah. It's a, it's a Turangriol that can bind a man. And so they want to destroy it because the Black Aja wants it for Rand, obviously. So they, they do. And in doing so, they fight Magidian. And Nynaeve, because she's angry, is able to like properly channel. And she puts up a solid fight and maybe beats her. Maybe. So I guess Egwene, or Nynaeve is just as good as a Forsaken. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But they have an epic battle and then Mogidian like flees. And then in book, uh, five, book five, she, they're kind of just making their way to Salidar. Yeah. They can't, but they don't remember where. Because they learn, well, they're, first they want to go to the White Tower, but then they learn that it's, it's broken and they want to go with the Rebel Aes Sedai. And that's kind of it. They, they, they fucking join a circus along the way. Yeah. It's kind of silly. It's a little silly. And then they meet Gawain, who's a white cloak now. No, Galad, who's a white cloak now. And one of the things is Mogidian is trying to find them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nynaeve is a little too close. And we'll just talking to this hero, Brigetta, in the dream. Oh, yeah. So in the dream. Uh, God, there's so much stuff. One of the heroes from the horn and is the there. Legend, and they're talking to her. And then Mogidian attacks her. Attacks Nynaeve because she catches her because she's like watching her from a distance. She knows she she's there, but obviously she doesn't tell her till it's too late. And catches her in a web because she's like the spider. That's Mogidian's whole thing. And then Brig- Brigetta just goes to save her. And Mogidian's like, actually, what if you just left the dream world and went poof and poofed her away? And, so and then she bring Brigitte. a wounded Brigitta into the real world. They've ripped this hero of legend from the dream world. She has all her memories and everything. And she's, again, she's like a little hero of the horn. And then Elaine bombs her. There's a order to, to save her, her life. To save her life. And then that, that's their big thing really in that book. Until the end where they get to Salidar and they meet up with all the Aes Sedai and they're hanging out and they're... They're kind of bombed because they have to go back to being accepted. <laughs> but yeah. Lane, this whole that whole book has kind of realized she has a uh, she seems to have a talent for making Terangriel. Making yeah, making Terangriel maybe. And at the the fateful moment, she makes a Idom to trap Mogadine with. So then all of book six, they have her trapped they, on a leash. They just have one of the Forsaken <laughs> who like can teach that. them how to do things, just like Rand had kind of. Yeah. And uh, at the end, Mogadine escapes. But at the end, she escapes. She's released. So then once they're in Salidar, they're like, they're, again, they're annoyed at having to be accepted again until, but they are making all these discoveries though, because they have a Forsaken to tell them all the things that was lost in the Age of Legends. Yeah, it was, it's kind of wild, because uh, when Mogidian meets them in 4, she's talking about all this crazy shit they use. She's like, yeah, we used to like have rocket ships and go to space yeah, and everything. I've been to space, guys. I've, I've been to space. I've seen planets. I was like, you guys have like hyper, like real hyperdrive? How far yeah, did you go? Wild. Which makes me think like, are there just colonies of people who can channel like on the moon that nobody knows about. <laughs> There's like, they haven't talked to them in like a thousand years. What's going on down there? So they just kind of hang out for most of it. I guess the big thing for Nynaeve, like character wise, if we want to get into it, is she's trying to break her block. She's sad about land and she's trying to break her block. It takes, it's, I mean, again, I want to, like these books are the longest books. So she's breaking this block for like, what is it? 2,888 pages. If you go mm-hmm. by how the books, how, like the paperback books that I read and how many hours, whatever you listen to audio-wise. It's 40 hours is most reasonable. Most. Yeah. So like almost over 100 hours of any being like, man, I wish I could channel. It's like, just, just figure it out. Yeah. It's been six books. I kind of agree. It's it, Just as a reader, it's not interesting anymore. <laughs> and and I, then there are other big things that because she's a yellow, or she wants to be yellow, she's good at healing. That's her thing. She wants to heal being stilled. And they're all like, you can't heal that. That's not a thing you can heal. You stupid girl. You stupid girl. You're, some things can't be healed. All right? You're wasting your time. Frankly, it's a little weird that you're obsessing over this much. You just got to accept things the way they are, Nynaeve. Some things can't be healed. Turns out, can be healed. Can she, be, fixes she, healed she fixes Logan, and he's just as strong as he was before. And he fixes Swan, and she's not. Yeah, she fixes Swan and Liana, and they're kind of... 
but they're grateful about it. They definitely prefer it. Yeah, um, because it's said many times over in this series that once you're whether off, you're a man or woman who knew the one the true power, or the one power, the, the true, true source. source. Once you're cut off from it, it really brings you down. It, it's like it you knowing what you've yourself. lost makes you yeah depressed, and they all either kill themselves or just kind of wither away and die. And so yeah, they hold on long enough. Obviously, <laughs> they don't do that, and then she heals them. So now that's not going to be an issue going forward, I suppose. If we have anyone who gets stilled or gentled. We can just fix them. Just fix them real quick. And then, like we said before, Loghain goes to presumably meet and join Rand, hopefully. I hope so. But he is real mad. We think he'll just take Kalandor. And then Elaine's thing is throughout these that she comes, she uh, realizes, like, remembers that Tom was with her, with her mother. Like, she remembers, oh, you were in my childhood. I remember you. You were, like, my mom's friend. And you had to leave. So they, like, rekindle a relationship. It was, like, a a father-daughter kind of bond. I think all the women are starting to be a little nicer, hopefully. But then they don't, they're not very nice to Matt, are they? No, they just drag him to Budar and are kind of take away, try to take away his Tarangriel and all that. I think there's a little, I think there's a little bit of development, though, in that direction. Of Elaine being like, well, I shouldn't be so mean to these fellas. They're just trying. They're trying their absolute best. She's still in love with Rand, though. And then she she she's the first one to figure it out. All three of them that her and Min and Avienda all have to be Rand's girlfriends. Why does Rand get three? I don't. It's tough, man. I don't. Why? It's do, not fair. There's gotta be. There's. I mean, sure. There's gotta be some reason he gets three. Yeah, like and two of late. them can channel, but one of them can't channel. But one of them also can foresee the future in a way. That's you be, mean like narratively? Like right? narratively, there's gotta be a reason. He Other gets, than just yeah, why Robert Jordan decided he needed three wives. <laughs> Maybe you hope. Maybe he hoped he had three wives. It's just a bit of a fantasy plan out for Robert Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be like they're all very important to the pattern. Yeah, or like he'll, and he'll they li- needed to be close to him, kind of deal. Maybe they'll he'll link with them in the last battle because Avienda and Aline are very powerful. Because Avienda is as powerful as the other three girls. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. They're all just the most powerful. I said yeah. I. That's a, I. I don't like that super. I mean, I guess I guess like he puts the pattern. And stuff, well, it like, loses its punch, happen. doesn't it? Because the first one we hit is is it, like in the in these books is Egwene and Moran's like you're like the most powerful I that I have ever felt you're gonna be sick and then Nynaeve that same book Nynaeve pulls up and she's like oh shit you're better than Egwene but then we meet Elaine and they're like yeah Elaine you're about as good as Egwene which is to say the best one in a while yeah and then they're like Avienda you're also just equal I'm just gonna say you're equal to Egwene yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's a little, little bit. or and also that uh, also the sea folk they meet we can talk about. Also can just channel. That one's also really good too. Yeah, there's a lot of that in the, in these books of they come to realize that there's more people out there who can channel than they realize. Starting with the wise ones and then the, the, sea, yeah, the folk. sea folk and everything. It's like, okay, there's a lot. There's kind of secret. And, uh, and they're secretive about it because they don't want the Aes Sedai to roll up and take all their children. <laughs> yeah, take their children and like control them. Which is, I think, fair. I think they definitely warranted. All right, what do you? I don't got much else to say. Loyal's just a wrong with Perrin. I like Loyal. He's good. Cool. He's got this subplot now where he's trying to um, not get married. Not get married. But then he's also like, well, I like that girl though. She got nice ears. I she's would like, marry her. Oh, sorry, I talked about her ears, Perrin. He's like, I don't <laughs> oh, know. I didn't mean to get, didn't mean to get crude there. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Loyal ears, not really a thing for us. <laughs> sorry, right. Loyal. Got to tell you, my man. But Loyal's great. Uh, he's not. Also, or I'll say right here. We talked about off pod. We talked about it in our let's complain about Wheel of Time episode. Uh, where he's like, Olgir are not known for their speed. There's a part in book six where Perrin goes, yeah, Loyal bet me that he could run all the way to the setting and back in less than 10 days. And he does it. And he, and he does he it. He does less than five days. I yeah, think. he's like, apparently I beat you. He goes so fast. And he loves gambling now because Gaul taught him how to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> He run. They they run very quickly. That's the thing they do. They like they're they're as fast as horses. 
his mom and his his wife and the one of the elders from his setting they walk all the way to Camelin. No, no. Uh, did they walk to Camelin or Kyrian? I think they Kyrian. Right? Did they walk to Kyrian? Yeah. They walk all the way there, and then Rand's like, "Sorry, you gotta." Yeah, Loyal's actually in the two areas, and they walk all the way there, and now he's like, even though he's he's away from where they were, like, they've kind of passed, like, ships in the night, but Loyal's, like, nervous now, because he's like, oh, well, we better get moving, because they're going to walk back real quick, because they're very fast <laughs> they'll be to back walk. so soon. <laughs> so, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't get much development, I suppose. No. There's obviously, like, I mean, there's oodles and oodles of, like, lords that show up a little bit, and I was going to say, um... All the all the Aiel side characters. Oh right? yeah, there's all kind of Amis and Ryuk and yeah. There's all kind of named. So he he obviously gets to know all the clan chiefs. He gets to know all the wise ones. All the there's so many named maidens of the spear. This is this is when it really starts to sink in. Of like yeah, I I totally see now how they get to that thousands of named yeah, characters. Cause Cause like, it's like those we guys, just know all those names. Those guys aren't going to show up again. But they just have names. Yeah, and it's we hard, know all the names of all the maidens. Honestly, shoot. it's hard to keep them track because I'm like. Do, am I supposed, is this person going to be important? Should I remember this name or should I just kind of forget it? Mm-hmm. it? It gets a little, uh, like, our characters would just show up, right? Like that woman who was traveling with them who just, like, wanted to have sex with Rand that Avienda was jealous with. Um, it's just it's just a lot. It's a lot going on. Oh, the one who was, she was a dark friend. Remember? She's dead now. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. That, that Landfair was, was using her, right? Yeah. Elaine's mom. The White Cloaks themselves. She, Pet like, now. She, like, wakes up from, like, oh, my. I was being Mind manipulated control. by a forsaken. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta go. I was. And now sick. she's. She doesn't really have any influence, and she's trying to work it back. The white cloaks. Yeah, there's like white cloak side characters, subplot shits going around. Elaine's brothers are cringe. Gawain decides to join the evil Aes Sedai. Yeah, the he kills all those warders, and yeah, he leads all the warders in training in battle against all the warder trainers, and they win for some reason. How is I don't know. And now he's like mad with power because like I got I got these banded little boys who <laughs> who kill people with me. I mean, yeah, if I killed the war, I'd be pretty mad with power, too. Galad just leaves to join the White Cloaks. Join the extremists. Yeah, I don't know about that. They're... I don't know about you, fella. Yeah, the religious extremists. <laughs> what else? Who else we got? Like you said, Tom and Julian are just with them. Tom, Tom's great. I like Tom yeah. a lot. Julian gets browbeaten into being just sad all the time. <laughs> Matt marks how he doesn't smile anymore. <laughs> they make fun of his fez that he wears. I like Matt's officers in the band. Those guys are fun. Yeah. Again, there's just, I mean, there's a billion characters in this. Like I could say we we could just do a we could do a there's whole. There's so many eyes to die. That's a big one to keep hard to keep I track just, for me. I, honestly, when you sometimes you say names, I don't remember who they are. I don't I don't always remember who they are either. Yeah, I'm like it's sure they're the moment. I of. go, yep, okay. I like Alana and Varen because they have in other books I remember, but like, yeah, there's like literally like 26 of them are introduced in this book six alone with names that we're supposed to remember. Yeah, there's all like the ones that Sally are and like we're supposed to remember all the sitters of the hall. But then there's the ones who come to meet Rand from the tower. They and, all have names. And all the, the ones... two that come from the waste that were meant to meet him there. Yeah, I don't thought he was there. Anymore. I couldn't tell you those fuckers. They're bow to him now, though. Yeah, that's oh, good yeah. shit. They swore fealty to him. Because he was going to steal them otherwise. <laughs> he was going to kill them otherwise. Hey, Mosman was going to kill them. Fear is good as any, I guess. But better be fear than loved. <laughs> that's right. I think yeah, you I pro- Do we have any You have any big predictions? predictions? We want um, to for the rest of this? I think, well, we always talk about how we think Loghain is going to get Kalondor. I kind of yeah. hope it doesn't happen because I just want Rand to have more guys on his team. Someone else has to bring it up. Yeah. Basically, Rand doesn't get to have it for a while, at least. Yeah. Someone that's the prophecy, which that's why Rand left it because he's like, well, the prophecy is that someone else has to come get it at some point. So I think Rand will have it at the end. Yeah, I think I well, I, I literally think he does because there's a there's one of the the cover of Memory of Light is him holding. Yeah, he's it. got it right. He's yeah, got yeah. in his hand, so it's pretty he'll cool. have it by the end. Yeah, but yeah, someone I hope, might I, take it. From I just him. hope he doesn't have to kill Logan to get it. If he can just be like Logan, give me that gun. Give Logan me that might magic be here. Gun. Logan might be all the way through. Logan might turn out to be a big 
big big player. I have heard that uh, Daniel Green really likes his plot line, so I I hope he does cool stuff. I hope he just I hope he just teams up. With, I hope just all the males who can channel nothing goes wrong with them, which might be acting too much. At book I hope six more. Of I hope so. It's a little, and I think that I hope so because this book was Lord of Chaos, and like the literal idea of it is that there's very little Forsaken going on, Forsaken action, like very little actual Dark One, you know, straight up evil characters going on. Because the Dark because One is literally is like, guys, let's just let them fuck around. It's it's so hectic right now that I will just, I, I made it all hot. I made global warming. <laughs> and so everyone can just go off and go crazy. So I think he was, you know, Robert Jordan was like, all right, this one, we're going to kind of like slow down for a minute. Less, we're not going to kill three more Forsaken again. Yeah. We're going to slow that down a bit. And it's going to be more of like the problems like that, you know, within the world, like not just the, the dark one, but the actual like politics and shit Rand has to do with like getting all these nations to fall behind him all the stuff with the Aes Sedai and all that all the Aiel stuff and so now that that's kind of sorted out I hope that going forward people are more like just accepting of him and there's less of this like I gotta convince people I gotta, I gotta... are you really the dragon reborn and it's like oh gosh less of this like Aes Sedai like yeah we know you're the dragon reborn but can we just be in charge of you anyways you oh, like, know you're supposed to be oh. the high king even the last oh. one like ruled the world yeah so Hopefully, hopefully there is less of that. And they, I mean, again though, that's like that's con, that's like conflict, isn't it? That's what books are about. <laughs> that story, you can't just write. And everybody was so happy, and Rand, <laughs> everything went great for Rand. And then beginning of book seven, every everyone in the world is like, you know what, Rand, you were right. We're following you. Because then what? What are those other six books? <laughs> What's going on those six books, Robert Jordan? What did you write? <laughs> so yeah, there'll be conflict, I guess. <laughs> I suppose and if we have to have conflict and development with our characters. I will say, like we talked about, Perrin is in a great spot. Matt really grew on me these last couple of books. Rand has is, is really got interesting stuff going on. I will say the girls. Egwene's cooler now, I will say. But Elaine and Nynaeve, I don't think I've gotten enough development for me, which is disappointing. Because we talked about how, like, slowly but surely, they are coming around to being less just shitty to every man they know. Yeah. <laughs> and just less willful about, like, you just do what I say because I say it. There's I'm, less of that, but, but it's, no will but mine be done. It's still there. Yeah, it's especially in this lot. They, like, suddenly become super mean like to Matt they're like go to Budar actually we're going to take that thing from you and we're not going to talk to you and we're going to undermine you to your support just browbeating everyone they know so hopefully that that lets up a little bit that lets up a little yeah got any more thoughts about it probably no it's probably good alright well we're probably going to wrap it up here uh, this the next set of three might come a little bit quicker because those books are shorter or maybe it won't who knows but as always thanks so much for listening so as you can find us on twitter at architect jazz architect j-a-z and on gmail architect jazz at gmail.com uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, and Podbean. And as always, our logo is done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram. And our intro was done by our other friend of the show, artist Celery Salt, who will have an album coming out in June. And that's all he told me to say about it. And as <laughs> always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>